Hey, hey y'all. y'all! And welcome to the Sorry Not Sorry Generation podcast, where we bring you a not-so-healthy dose of humor and reality as we get our hands dirty with some serious nostalgia and question everything. Let's dive in. Hey, y'all. Hey, guys. It's Misty. It's Audie. And Erin. Oops. <laughs> I just, like, because, like, there's part of me that's always like, it's your guys' podcast, and I'm just present. <laughs> I'm leaving all of that in. Um, (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) We are back for the second half of Chamber of Secrets. So, gonna watch and suffer through a bunch of just dumbass wizards. Just some really declining comments. Renat, or however the hell you say his name, but I cannot stand him as Gilderoy. I just can't stand Gilderoy in general. It's really weird to know that he directed one of the Marvel movies too. So he's oh, Hamlet. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean that too, but I think he directed Dark World. If I remember, I thought right. it was yeah. the first one. Was it the first one? I thought it was. I the know first it's a Thor, Thor movie, but I. It's the first Thor, I think. Is it the first Thor? Okay. Yeah. So I was like, I knew it was a Thor movie. I'm just like, I know, but I knew it wasn't Ragnarok, so I just had to go fifty fifty shot. So right. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, so we are going to really just be starting off with some stupid wizards doing some stupid shit and um unsupervised yeah. minors lots uh, of unsupervised minors lots of un- weaponized <laughs> unsupervised <laughs> minors weaponized current- magical unsupervised minors who are currently being very unsafely trained uh in how to duel so yeah. trained is in air quotes yeah trained is definitely in air quotes because it is run by lockhart and snape so like two very bad combinations so mm-hmm. but uh but yeah so uh buckle up because we got some giant magical snaky shit to deal with so a story so. for you that sure. is it's my mom has been telling has been asking me did you tell her did you tell her did you tell her and i'm like i keep <laughs> okay. fucking forgetting so okay. i i put a sticky note and i'm just like i'm gonna tell her today so there was mm, this was a while ago like around when my parents first bought the house right so it's like okay they they bought it in 86 so it's okay. probably between like 86 and 88 they have guests over all right all right and my mom goes to the garage to get something and up until a couple years ago when we redid like parts of the house we furnished well not furnished but like, we, we we finished up the garage so like, we put in walls we cover we, we put in an attic kind of thing so like yeah storage and like the pull down ladder and all that stuff because yeah. before it was just rafters and you know just shove shit up there and whatever yeah um all the beams are exposed everything yeah so my mom goes out so when you walk into the garage like when you walk in you know you see the doors on like the garage door is on this side like the, to, to, to the um the driveway mm-hmm. so here's one wall right in front of you yeah and they had like stuff up at the top, right? My mom went to go up there to get something. Okay, remember, the guests are in the living room and she's in the garage. Yeah. Going to look for something to bring down to either give to somebody or it's part of, you know, she's looking for something for like the night, I, I, whatever. She's going to yeah. get something. Yeah. She goes up there, <laughs> all right, to like, she's like rummaging through shit and like she's poking things to like move them around. Yeah. And the skittering. Just mice everywhere. Live and dead. They are skittering Mm -hmm. across the boards. They're skittering down her body on her 
I know. Oh no. God. No, no, no. All no, over no, her, no, just no. falling down all over her, like the the the, the dead mice, the like, or, and the rats, the live ones, just running everywhere, oh, the no. poop, everything, just oh. all over her. I and she has myself on fire. <laughs> right? <laughs> this Just woman. No point in existing anymore. Uh uh-uh. uh. No. This woman makes not a fucking sound. Not a single sound, all right? As all this is happening to her. And like people in from my living room are asking, like, Marty, are you okay? Do you need help? She's like, I'm fine. Be there in a second. I'd be screaming bloody murder if this happened to me. I would be at an octave that like only dolphins can hear. <laughs> like, I'd be communicating with the beyond. <laughs> like, oh shit, no, 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 no. I know. That's just, I guess, so she keeps telling me, like, did you ask? Did you tell her? Did you tell her? Did you tell her? I'm like, I'm working on it. Oh, well, you you can tell your mom. I think she's a very brave person. <laughs> My mom is on another fucking level. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, your mom is unfaithful. Like, holy shit. So are your parents still gone? Yeah, they come back tonight. They landed landed fucking midnight. And I have to go pick them up. And I haven't slept. Fun. Very fun. And my dad was like, are you going to be awake to come get us? I'm like, I fucking hope so. (laughs) (laughs) This is like, maybe. Like... Even if tomorrow, like last night hadn't happened, I was, yeah. I you know, I, if last night had happened, I'd probably have a better shot at like being awake to go get them. Now I'm just like, I really have no idea if I'm going to be awake. Yeah. Which, yeah, that's pretty late, especially sucks. being up that late. And then you had to get up for work today, so. Mm-hmm. I slept through my alarm. So when I woke oh, up again, I was like, oh shit, it's 7.20. You start at oh. 8, right? 7. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you've had... You've had a day. You've mm-hmm. had a day and a half. So, no. Mm-mm. What time do you get off then? Four. 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 Okay. I wish I'd. I wish I could pick my hours a little more than I do. I not at all. So. Yeah, I had asked them if I can, you know, switch my hours. Like this was, I think, my second year. Where I'm like, hey, or my. It's either I think of the starting of the second year, like once, like we were still, like you know, right after COVID and everything. I'm like, can I work seven to four? Because. Yeah. I don't want to be sitting at my desk till five. Like I feel like working from like eight to twelve, taking your lunch from twelve to one, and then working from like one to five is just that that one to five it just it, it just lags. It does. I don't yeah. know why. But for whatever reason, working from like one to four is just like done. Yeah. That's true. I uh my favorite way to take time off is to take half days. So you only work until noon. Mm-hmm. And then you have the rest of the day off. So you, mm-hmm. no matter what happens, you feel like you accomplished something because you did go to work today. You just have the whole rest of the day to yourself. Right? I so, love it. So, like, those are my favorite ways to, like, take time off. And I did that a lot with Full Sail. Because I took, uh, like, I would take, like, a Wednesday half day. So it's right in the middle of the week. And that's my favorite day of the week to take off, too. It's just right in the middle of the week. So I only have to do two days and I get all day off. And I only have to do two more days. So what is happening? Meaning is knocking stuff over from the, uh the coffee table he's sitting on as you can see him rolling around behind me (laughs) fun oh that's babies for you speaking of babies i now have two there's two so this one chocolate chip and was it mint mint yes together they're mint chocolate chip i love it 
So this one, uh, my mom also found, and she was outside, and it was just starting the day, and my mom was out there, like, dealing with the, intending to her plants and all that, and he just walks up to her, just fully, Aww. like, she turns around, sees him, and he walks right up to her, just crying his little head off. Aww, so little baby. I'm, I'm more and more sure every time some like, this is not a rare experience for my mom. Like, animals find her. I have just a story they, about that. They find her. Like, my whole life, doesn't matter where we are, doesn't matter what the animals are, they will come out of the woodwork and find her. Doesn't matter what floor of an apartment we live on, doesn't matter, like, where we live. It's just always they find her. And I swear, my mom has to be, like, some kind of, like, fae or something like that that has to do with animals because there's nothing that's not supernatural about this. Just the way they find her. They come out of the like. I have legitimately seen birds fall out of trees next to her and like as they need help and it's just like what the fuck is happening like they'll just walk like animals will just walk up to her out of nowhere and then just come straight for her and then they'll follow her like they'll, my mom is like has like the Disney princess gene or something my mom just, too it's just like what the and, like, I have it to a much less degree, but I do notice that I have it because animals mm-hmm. will start, you know, like, they'll come to me and they'll just follow me around and all that stuff, too. And it's just, like, but my mom has, it's, like, this magnitude that she could, she puts Snow White, like, to shame when it comes to, like, animal finding and gathering and, like, calling and all that. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, so does my mom. Because, like, one of the best stories that I remember is we went, this is years ago, we went horseback mm-hmm. riding, all right? Yeah. You're at Griffith Park. And... For whatever reason, my mom just last minute was like, not feeling it. Yeah. I don't want to do it. Like, you go with your dad, go have fun, whatever, right? So she stuck back mm-hmm. and she's there at the stables with all the other horses and everything. And then she finds like a bunch of horses that are already outside and she goes to, you know, to pet them and say hello and everything. Yeah. All of a sudden, my mom is now surrounded, like in a circle of yeah. horses. And one of them butts its way through. And yeah. like starts nudging her with its yeah. with its snout and be like, pet me. And she starts petting it. And then she notices the people that are working there, like, you know, the stable hands, like, like tapping on each other. It's like, dude, dude, are, are you seeing this? Yeah. And she's like, what? Am I doing something wrong? Like, do I'm not? Like, what? Yeah. So they come over and they're just like, the one that you're petting right now. Yeah. is like the wild stallion that will only let the handlers near it. Yeah nobody else and this horse just walked to my mom is like hey pet me yeah <laughs> it's exactly the way my mom is too like I've, I've seen her like just walk by like water and then just ducks will suddenly just start following her like coming out of nowhere landing <laughs> from the sky just start following her like around like walking around the lake and it's just like you feel like you live in a Disney movie. Right? We'll <laughs> be out. It doesn't happening. matter. We'll be out and like people are walking their dogs or there's just stray cats or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just flock to her. Yeah. Like even animals, like when people are walking their dogs, like, oh, they don't like people. And they just start like, yeah, wagging their tail and yeah, yeah. at my mom. And exactly. I'm just like, yeah. fair. Yeah. Like it's just, I don't know what it is, but the, like it doesn't matter what kind of animal it is bird, cat, dog, doesn't matter. Deer, Does like matter. whatever. They just go right up to my mom. I don't know. Our, our moms have like some kind of magic going on. I, I always told my mom, like, mom, you were probably like queen of the animals in the, in the past life because yeah, they honestly. just come to you. They do. And then she doesn't even try. And they're just like, like the yeah. most untamable will be like putty in her hands. Yeah. 
That's exactly the way my mom is, too. Like, they'll just come out of nowhere, and they'll just be like, hello, I'm here, I need help. Especially if they're injured or they need help or whatever. Like, they just come straight to my mom. It's like they just they just know. And they just come to her, and they just find her. And she, and she always helps them, and, you know, like, uh, she found, a, like, a bird one time, you know. And, oh God, she found a bird, like, two or three weeks ago. <laughs> like, it was in our house for a little while. Because it was injured because one of the outdoor cats, like, attacked it, and she rescued it. And she had it. And she was pretty certain that it was so injured that it wasn't going to make it. Within an hour, it was perfectly fine. And she was able to release it. And I'm just, this, is not, this is this is not natural. This is supernatural shit, okay? Like this is not like natural stuff. And I don't I don't know what it is. I have no I'm, idea. I'm waiting, I'm waiting for the day where you tell me that an injured gator just crawled up to your mom. It's like, hey, help me. Yeah. I'm just, I'm my waiting mom has for... a line. <laughs> I think it's that. <laughs> it's like, I think it's I think that's what it is. So but like not that she would leave it because she'd probably just call like one of the animal control people and be like hey i want to help this but it will eat my dog so (laughs) but you know like i don't know it's it's really bizarre but i don't our moms are just some kind of like disney magic going on i I, I love it yeah i mean like it's 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 the very least endlessly entertaining because it's just like what kind of you know like i'm waiting for the day like because florida has bears and I'm just waiting for one day for a bear to come in and be like, hey, like, I need some help or I need some water. And it's just like, there you go. So, but then again, my mom's always loved animals. Like, she absolutely loves animals. If you can't tell by the menagerie we have going on. Oh, yeah. Mine too. Yeah. My mom used to live on a farm. Yeah. My mom used, she lived in a really small town when she was growing up. And, you know, there's just like a lot of wildlife and everything mm-hmm. everywhere. Because it was in Oregon and that's just where everything wanders. <laughs> so... But, um, you know, we've always had, we've always had animals. We've always had a lot of animals. So, and, uh, it seems to be growing by the day. You're at how many now? You got two dogs, mm-hmm. two chinchillas. The chinchillas we gave to a place. Um, oh, really? Yeah. We gave them, this is a little while, while back, but he, uh, cause you know how Sherlock wasn't all that friendly. Yeah. And well, so we found a guy whose specialty is is raising chinchillas. Okay. And uh, he wanted to, like, take a look at him to see. Because, like, Sherlock just wasn't getting any friendlier. Not really. Mm-hmm. It was just really skittish. So he offered to take a look at Sherlock him. Sherlock was the gray one, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sherlock was who ends up being a female, by the way. And the oh, other okay. one was the male. Which we thought what? it was the other way around. Um, But, uh, so, like, he took a look at him and, and they offered. Because he has a whole room dedicated to chinchilla space that has like all kinds of chinchilla mm-hmm. like shit in it and they just like wander around and everything like that so we did end up giving him uh them to him because of uh, just the fact that he, sherlock needed different kind of like one-on-one more like focused attention just because he was getting wilder than he was anything mm-hmm. else and uh we went to go visit uh probably about two months afterwards these sherlock is now the sweetest thing you'll ever see and like the guy let me hold him and he just cuddled like right up next to me and i'm like you never let me pet you before did, and did the guy say what sherlock's issue was he had behavioral issues due to the place we got him from okay didn't, so like past trauma yeah and like they didn't really know how to care for chinchilla so um but yeah he uh and sherlock when we were there was pregnant so so him and uh, Watson had some fun, or her and Watson had some fun. So, so two dogs, four cats. Two, one, two, four 
indoor cats, one indoor outdoor cat. Though Oreo is super pissed about the kittens and left and just hasn't come back. So wow, yeah, he came back like twice after we brought, like when we got chocolate chip. He, you know, like he's still in and out, but was really not pleased about it. And then once Mint came in the house, and just just like no, I'm I'm done. So like okay, yeah, you're up to six animals. It's not nearly as many as we've had before. We used to foster kittens when we lived in Vegas. And see, Twenty. You're at six. We're at eight, and Aaron's at ten. No, look at the animals. They've got ten cats. Ten cats. Oh, oh god, my allergies couldn't. It's the only thing that makes me hesitate about keeping the babies is I'm a- very allergic to everything in this house. I'm allergic to dogs, and I'm allergic to cats, and it's, it's well, just- you're stuck with them. Yep. And they're so cute. Exactly. They're not going anywhere. Oops. No, probably not. But it's the only thing that makes me hesitate. It's just my allergies are always... My allergies are always really bad. But, you know, because, like, I'm allergic to more than just the animals. I'm I'm allergic to everything with fur. Doesn't matter what it is. Rabbits, horses, whatever. I'm very allergic to horses, actually, because I used to take horseback riding lessons. I used to set my allergies off like crazy. But, uh... I'm very allergic to everything. But uh, I went to the Masked Singer thing last night. Yes. Tell me how that went. That was really cool. I When I bought the tickets, so two things. When I bought the tickets, one, they advertised it as the Masked Singer show. Like, the TV show was going on tour. And that's okay. not what it was. And it's not what it was, which really kind of pissed me off when, like, we they, like, told you that. Several I would months be annoyed. Down the line. Yeah, several months down the line and with non-refundable tickets. That it's not the show going on tour, it's a tour of, like, singers and shit like that in the costumes. And uh, every- Because like, I was so shocked when I saw pictures of, like, Robot was there, which was, what, T-Pain? And, and yeah. Um, 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 Monster was there, and that was- It would have been really strange because Alien and Taco got married. <laughs> and, and I remember Taco being the, the host of American, America's Funniest Home Videos. I'm like- Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, that would have been real, real strange. But, uh, which I, I will get to the story that I have about that, just for the record, uh, because okay. it, it got weirder. But they advertised it as a show going on tour, not like a tour of like, you know, singers and stuff like that, just in the costumes. Right. And every stop, they unmask a guest, an actual guest, uh, that's from whatever city this is in. So we had a guest that was from Orlando. Was and- it Natasha? No, no, she was she's the host. From London. Yeah, no, and she's the host. Okay. Um, so she goes to every stop. But we had uh, uh, somebody who plays for the basketball team here, and he was very good. I just I don't, I don't know anything about basketball. So, and he was very nice too. But um, but we were there, and when I bought the tickets, I wanted to get good seats. Mm-hmm. And obviously, because I thought it was like the actual show, but you know, and like, and we got great seats because I saw you were super <laughs> close to the stage. I could put my foot out and prop them on the stairs leading onto the stage. There was nothing in front of us, and it's just like, oh, were you the first row? I, yeah, I, like nice. I knew I had gotten really good seats. I didn't realize I had got because, like, in the map that they show you, like the digital map, it looks like there's more space between you and the stage than that. And because I was expecting a good, like, five, ten feet of space, not, hey, you can touch the stage. <laughs> so, like, wasn't do not give me that. this power because I will forget, I will put my foot up there, and somebody will trip and fall. 
I uh, yeah, I definitely sat kind of in an angle so my feet were away from the stairs because people during the performances people were going up and down the stairs uh-huh. and I'm just like I don't want I can't be responsible for tripping somebody. I can't. I don't need a lawsuit. I can't. But the whole time, like literally, my chair faces where the stairs go up, and the whole time, every once in a while, just my thought goes in my head. It's like, what would happen if I just ran right up there? <laughs> <laughs> and just, rust the stage. I had that thought like six different times, and I'm just like, I don't I blame you. I would right <laughs> like, mm. there's like two separate security guards standing like right there too, and I'm just like, oh, but I could, <laughs> but um. It was really good and it was really like it was really entertaining and everything like that um and we had a great time and it was really it was really interesting uh, disappointing in the fact that they didn't tell you like right up there they just say mass singer tour not like you know what it is this, the show is not on tour yeah yeah so that was it, that was disappointing but uh, especially because like you can't refund the tickets and everything and they okay. really actually told you about it after like well after they announced the show so and um but we got tickets. We had a really great time. You know, all the singers were really good and everything like that. Um, and the dance performances were really good, too. Good. Good. And Natasha Bedingfield was really good. She definitely clocked a guy with her mic stand, though. So she did one of those, like, she's singing and, like, she did one of those dramatic things where you, like, shove the mic stand to the ground or whatever. Uh-huh. Well, it has a round face. And what's it going to do? It rolled. Now, in her defense, there's no way she could have known it was going to roll that far because she was in the middle of the stage and she knocked it over and was walking to the other side of the stage and it just fucking took off. (laughs) It just rolled. And there's like right next to the stairs that I'm sitting in front of is a security guard sitting down in a chair, but she's facing the audience. So she is not facing the stage. And that microphone stand rolled probably like an inch from clocking her right in the back of the head. And it was going fast, too. And to, you know, Natasha's credit, she saw it and ran for it. And it fell off the stage and landed in a dude's lap. And she grabbed it, but couldn't keep a hold of it because of like the weight of it. Uh And it went forward and like kind of clocked him in the face. But he caught it and like so did somebody else. But it did clock one guy in the face. And she felt so bad. She just felt so. But they gave it back to her and she like she went to put it on the other end of the stage. And when she put it down, like it started to tilt and fall over again. And like her and the security guard both leapt for it at the same time. And she she was really rattled at that point. And I felt really bad for her because she's clearly just extremely embarrassed. And she definitely hit a guy with it. And uh, I'm really glad she didn't hit the security guard in the back of the head with it because it was heavy. And, uh, but, uh, you know, she, she went to the middle of the stage and, you know, and, and she bowed and she, you know, like she apologized before she went on with the rest of her performance, but she felt really bad. And then when they went to like the intermission portion, mm-hmm. um, somebody went out, you know, like one of the workers went out now, you know, checked on him and like <laughs> basically the, are you going to sue us conversation? Right. So. And like, the guy no, had, the guy was fine. The guy was fine. He was cool with it. And he's like, you know, it, was, it wasn't on purpose. So, and uh, so, but they, they checked on him twice and they're just like, you're good. Cause we definitely all, cause like, it's one thing it landed in your lap. Cause, and he did try to catch it, but it did clock him in the face and stuff. But, uh, but he was a cool, he was a good sport about it. So, you know, which is good because she was so embarrassed, but I guarantee you for the rest of her career, she's never going to throw a mic stand to the side again. Probably not. She's <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not, no, I'm not having a repeat. Yeah, it's like she's definitely not going to do that. So, 
but uh, I felt I felt bad for her because she was very she was very rattled by it. But it was really good. Um, she's very good. Like even you know even live, she's very good. Um, I believe that I like her voice. I was we were sitting maybe ten feet from ten fifteen feet from like the giant ass speaker though, and these people. Womp, 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 womp. The bass was the worst part because it just was rattling every part of your body. And like, could you one... feel your organs move? Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, I could feel like my, like just my bones vibrating in my skin. It's just like <laughs> Jesus Christ, but it's so loud, especially when she hits high notes on a couple of her songs, and it's just like you're just covering one ear because it's just this massive ass, like four or five foot tall speaker is just right fucking there. All the reverb. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, whew, it was a lot, and it was just like, okay. like, that wasn't the way all of the performances were, maybe, like, three of the songs that they did had, like, that heavy, like, shaking feeling to them, but the ones that did just kind of made you want to, like, cover an ear and, like, pick your feet up off the ground to minimize the point of contact, so, but it was really good, and it was a lot of fun, um, at one point, they had, um, uh, because, like, Alien did her performance and then Taco did his, but he did a Frank Sinatra song like Serenading Alien. And they got engaged like in the show. And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm really glad that these are not the actual people because this would be hard to explain on many levels. Mm -hmm. On many, many levels. But so, like, what then got stranger is like a couple performances later was Alien's Bachelorette Party. And, yeah, so Alien's Bachelorette Party, which they then pulled an actual bachelorette from the audience and had her sit up there as a part of the bachelorette party, who at first was very awkward about it, and I would have been too, especially because several of the other characters came out and started dancing in a way that you hire people for bachelorette parties. Please stop. (laughs) And one guy who's like, He's not, like, the host, but he had, like, a Mike costume. Like, he has his, like, mask is a giant Mike head and all that. And that was part of, like, the little mini performances and stuff that they had. And he's over there with Alien just getting his groove on. Just full-on twerking in her face and everything. And it's just, like, this is weird. But then there's the actual Bachelorette who is watching um, the the green, like, bat costume. You know, with the big ears. I don't remember what they called. It's, like... It wasn't thingamajig, but it was one of them. But uh, that costume just going hard Magic Mike style (laughs) with the floor and just like all of it. And she just looks so awkward and I felt kind of bad. Tell me you have a video of that. I don't, you you weren't allowed to take a video. I have photos, but you weren't allowed to take any video. Do you have video, do you have photos of him gyrating? Yes, with the floor. (laughs) Yeah. And then, so she she was dealing with that, and then Robot came out, and she was dealing with that, too. And then there was, there was like, three of them around her at one point, and, like, the first, like, couple minutes, she was just really awkward about it, because, like, how could you not be? And especially because you have a giant furry, like, just getting it on, next, on the side of you. And then, and like, Robot's doing his thing and everything, and, uh, she, you know, like, she just got more into like the sense of humor of it more than anything at at that point and because i mean you have a robot like magic mike style dancing for you you can't think that's anything but funny so but um 
yeah i i just i just thought to myself i'm so glad it's not me <laughs> i just i just think i would have just had to put my hand like down <laughs> and be like, i don't know what to do with this there's a giant bat furry like getting it on the floor next to me <laughs> i just like i don't i don't think i'd have known what to do i will say i had more than one like guest person like eventually like come up and everything like that and um one of them like their whole one of the like little running things through the show was there was a golden microphone Mm-hmm. And like Google that was like, yeah. So, so like there was a little thing where somebody like stole it, and it was like one of the audience members. Kudos to the dude that they ended up choosing to drag out of the audience and put him on stage because he played with it really well. Because it would have been really awkward, like because they had him up there and then they were like dancing around him and everything like that, and then they handed him the golden microphone to pretend to sing. And this man looks like he's about thirty eight you know like up there and but and he's just like he's this kind of jacked dude Mm -hmm. but he looks like that borderline is either going to find this really irritating or he's gonna go with it and luckily for them he went with it with it yeah so he had a good he seemed to have a good time um the giant baby costume was there and came up right behind him at one point and they had him turn around and his giant baby's like right behind you and he jumped and he's just like nobody's gonna expect to turn around by a giant fucking baby about no from you but uh, uh-huh. he was a really, he was a really good sport about it so that was that was cool, well, that's good because so. otherwise it would have just been a fucking disaster but um and then later alien and taco got married and an alien was like walking down like up to the stage she just grabbed some random dude from the audience and made him walk her down the aisle <laughs> and it's just like oh, okay but that and he was cool with it you know he walked her right up there and like gave her away at the stage and everything so i was just thinking to myself that dude will forever get to tell people that he walked an alien down the aisle to her wedding so I hope he has children that are not married yet, and I, I want him to be able to tell his children before any of you got married. I walked an alien down the aisle. So. Right? What did I? But it was a great time. We had a really good time. I've never been to like the Doctor Phillips Center here, which is where it was held. Nice, and which is really pretty, and it's very nice on the inside. So that was cool. And I don't go downtown Orlando very often, but uh, for a good reason. In all honesty, it's not a great downtown. It's got like. T- 10 building stops but i've been uh, there yeah it's not that great yeah no we we uh you you kind of drive through it and you blink and it's gone and it's just like oh okay yeah but, like so. um sunday we did the uh me and talar did the uh the warner brothers tour yeah the studio tour that was really fun hmm. that was because it's you get an hour for the basic package like the basic ticket or whatever you get an hour of guided tour so you're on the tram and they take you through like the back lots where all like you know the cities are and the 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 the, the face buildings and everything so it's just obviously if you like faces and like if you open the door you just you hit a wall so it's yeah. just there for like facade yeah um but there's also they told us that they have the only remaining jungle on, as a set okay, okay. because like all the other <clears throat> studios tore down their jungles to make room for um um just more sets or whatever yeah they have the only remaining jungle and it's the jungle from pretty little liars like the forest it's the 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 jungle forest whatever from jurassic park where okay um, jeff goldblum is running with like you know he's with the he's injured and he just goes must go faster yeah yeah okay okay all that 
And then they showed us their lagoon, which they either fill with water or sand, depending on what they need. Um, and then they took us to one of their cabins in the in their jungle, hmm. um, which is not a facade, but like you actually walk in and like dress it up and whatever. And it's yeah, it they used that cabin has been used in again again Pretty Little Liars. It's been used in all I think he said all no in not all American. Um, I think it's a million dollar baby okay. and it's Merlot's bar from True Blood. And I'm just like, oh, I'm in Merlot's. All right. Okay. Well, that's and, cool. And then they take you through, like, they, they, they drive you through, like, all the warehouses. Yeah. Like, where all, like, the studios are. So, like, Studio 15, Warehouse 16, whatever. I think they said Warehouse 16 or Studio 16 was the biggest one at, like, 96 feet or something. That's how wow. tall it is. Because... They had to make it bigger for, at the time, the movie that they were filming there. And they decided they wanted, because, they, because the set was so big. Yeah. So they they made, they they lifted that that studio, that warehouse. Instead of, like, making it, you know, instead of adding it to the top, they literally lifted the whole thing <laughs> from the bottom and added more space at the bottom. Uh, that sounds more complicated than necessary. They said it was a lot easier than adding to the top. I'm like, oh, okay. Sure. Yeah, moving a building much easier than just, like, cutting the roof off and throwing some more on top. Sure. Right? Sure. sure. When I have a picture of this, I thought I took a picture of this one. How, I can't... Out of curiosity, how big was, like, the jungle like, section? I feel like I see a lot of, like, movies and shows with, like, jungle features in it. It's it's not that big. Yeah. Like, it's it, it's it's a decent size, but it's not as big as you think. And they were telling us how like they do the shots to make it look like it's an endless forest or whatever, yeah. because you can't just have like this much space. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that would be annoying for doing like. There's always those scenes in shows where people are just like, you know, walking through a forest, having a yeah. conversation, having to walk and film like a third of the conversation. Stop going back to certain. <laughs> I, I think what the, I, if I remember correctly, the way that she explained it was they'll do a scene, mm-hmm. they'll walk a little bit, yeah, and then they'll cut, and then they'll restart from where they were, or they're like, and they'll have like they, they'll angle the cameras differently and film them that way, so it just looks like an endless yeah, that makes thing. sense. I'm like, yes, lie to us. Yeah, and it'll <sighs> the stupid thing is that you could just go to a forest, <laughs> right? <laughs> they exist, like jungle would be harder because you know there's not really jungle in the uh, in north america yeah. at least not in the united states but go to a forest forest is like it's california you got forests so like you know like you'd have to like you couldn't really film too much you could film some foresty things here but florida has very specific landscape you know so like yeah. it would be a little harder but california has forests i mean granted they're on fire a lot but like there's still forest so you know you um, could just you could just go to a forest <laughs> i feel like that would right? be simpler but um but yeah so uh there's something else i was going to tell you too i'm trying to see i'm trying to uh, yeah there it is um studio 16 i'm going to share here you go you see, do you see how big this is? Look that at this. That is huge. Jesus. This, this, this much is how they added to the bottom. <laughs> do you it's see so how much taller it's it, it is from yeah. the rest of them? Mm-hmm. It's huge. Yeah, I and feel like it seems so counterproductive to just raise. A I building. forgot. I forgot which film they did it for originally, but 
Um, what I do remember is they also filmed the Goonies there because they have, you know, the big ass ship in the Goonies. Yeah. That they find that's filmed there. I'm like, that okay, makes sense. This makes sense. Um, they took us on they took us on the set of mm-hmm. All American, because right now All American is in between seasons. Yeah. Okay. Like I do not watch that show. Talar does, and she was just going ape shit. Oh <laughs> well that's good. At least she had fun. I'm like, good. Um, like it was really nice, the set, like, you know, how you walk into the house and there's, like, mm-hmm. a pool outside and the kitchen and the stairs and all. And then after the guided tour was over, mm-hmm. they took us to Central Perk. Oh, that's... Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. They recreated that? No, that's... Warner Brothers is where they filmed... Yeah, but, like, they friends. destroyed the original one. Like, they took it apart. Well, the I mean, they, like... They, the seasons one through nine out of ten seasons were filmed in like studio hang on i have a picture of that one because i remember listening to an interview with jennifer aniston and courtney cox and they said as soon as they were done wrapping up the last scene in central park they started to tear it apart well okay so one of the stages like the stage that they're that you know that that they filmed friends mm-hmm. nine out of ten seasons was filmed in the same location yeah and we didn't go into that studio because they're probably yeah. using it for something else. But once the tour is over, they take you to another building where it's, I forgot what they called it, but like it's, there's, there is Central Perk. So you yeah. get to like, they, they created the an actual cafe. You can buy food, drinks, snacks, whatever. Oh, that's cool. So you go in there and like to the, like you walk in and immediately there's Central Perk and you can like the actual cafe that you can like actually order stuff from. Okay. So the right is all the merchandise. It's all like, and like, it's, I don't want to say it's the actual stuff from the set. I mean, yeah. there are like there are actual costume pieces behind glass. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, they have organized things to look like the sets. Like, Monica's yeah. apartment, like, the kitchen was there. Joey and Chandler's apartment with the recliners and the, and the TV. Yeah. Um, um, Gunther's bar at Central Park, at Central Perk. And then, yeah. um, uh, what else did they have? The couch. Yeah. So, like... It's, again, it's not the actual set, but it, it, it it's looks like... It's a cafe like, designed to look like the set. Yeah, the whole area, like, even the merch area, like, the shopping looks... It, like, you are walking in a friend's dream, basically. Oh, that's cool. Like, everything, like, it was beautiful. No, that's and cool. then to the to the left was the other part of the tour that you can go into. And, like, after this, like, after this point, it's all self-guided, so you can take as long as you want. Yeah. And you walk in and it's just the first room that you walk into is all like it's just a wall of scripts. Okay. So like it's all like different like so the script writing, casting, costuming, whatever, like the t- you know, talking about like r- kind of walking you through it. Mm-hmm. And then you go further in and there are there is an actual set, like a, a piece of friends. Mm-hmm. The set, like so you have which is Central Perk. It's the co- the cafe, the coffee shop behind you, and yeah. uh couch i think it's yeah. the actual couch they also had a set of the set from big bang theory that you can go oh, sit cool. you know and interact and then there was a post-production thing the, the thing that i sent you where yeah. it's just me and tala are doing the voiceover for harry and ron <laughs> that was a post-production part where it's just like here pick a you know whatever you want to do and say it. i'm like oh we got this <laughs> <laughs> um so that was really cool we got to ride um gr- uh, broomsticks hmm with the green screen behind us, like wind in our hair, we're holding well, the that's wand. Cool. So, like the video of us is just we're going through uh, London on yeah. 
our broom, trying to avoid people, cars, the night bus, whatever, right? Really just we- breaking the statue of secrecy, like, right off the bat. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And then it pans, and then we're now in, we're now in front of the castle at Hogwarts, and then we're on the Quidditch field, and I'm like, yes, this is wonderful. And we look like idiots, which is totally fine. <laughs> and then at the end of it, we get to hold the, uh, the prisoner of Azkaban like number plate thing. Yeah. So and they they told us you know look angry. So I'm just like and Tala's like <laughs> laughing. I'm like angry, not like hee. She's already gone insane. Leave her alone. <laughs> <laughs> She's serious blacking it up. Okay. Uh-huh. Like. And then once you're done with that section, you walk out you know from the merch shop and you get on another bus or tram whatever, and they take you to the D to the. DC is superheroes and wizarding world part. So okay. you walk in and they have all these posters, that big lit up posters. Um, on the left is all Marvel, uh, Marvel, wow, DC, and on the right is all um, wizarding world. Okay, that's cool. And the big Warner Brothers thing in the back. And then once you pass that, it's all the DC stuff. So you can interact with, um, you can actually like hold Wonder Woman's lasso, which does light up. No, oh, that's cool. Um, you can, you know, touch. Uh, Poseidon's trident, which I have a picture of me trying to lick it. <laughs> Ew. I did not, but I'm just I'm very close going, uh. <laughs> And I told my friend Tracy about that. She said, you should put it on Twitter and uh, um, tag Jason Momoa, and I totally did. <laughs> I, I put that picture, and I went, I'm like, just me trying to get a piece of Jason Momoa. <laughs> Whether or not he saw it, I don't know. I don't care, but I'm like, and put it out there. I truly, truly hope he comes across it. Just, I hope he does, honestly. And then the guy that was working there was just like, he was talking to us about the actual trident because, like, you know, that's the actual one that Jason Moa used in the movie. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, Jason broke that. You know, <laughs> he just broke it over his knee. And I just went, he can break me over his knee any day. And the, I swear to God, the guy made this face. He's just like, mm-hmm. That's somebody who's not paid enough to deal with thirsty women. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, he can break me. That's fine. Um, and then yeah. they had uh, Christian Bale's Batman stuff. They had Michael Keaton's Batman stuff. They had. Um, I swear, I wish Ben Affleck's Batman. Batman stuff. All right. I wish they'd quit making Batman movies, though. I'm so tired because they always just use Batman. This man has so many kids. Like, you can't even give me a Batman and Robin. There hasn't been a Batman and Robin movie in so fucking long. I know. And they didn't even do it right because the last Batman and Robin movie had Robin. He was like 25 and still Robin. Nobody's been Robin out of their teenage years. Like, not a single one of them. I don't think any of them have made it as Robin past the age of like 16, 17. The only one that I can think of is the... The one with Val Kilmer where he found that, you know, Robin at the circus or whatever. And he's what in his, isn't he in his twenties? Like late teens, like 18, 19, 20. Is that the guy, uh, the one with the guy from, uh, NCIS Los Angeles? Yes. Yes. That's the only time, yeah. It's the only time they have, um, one of the movies that actually has Robin in it and he's in his twenties. It's like, I'm sorry, but Robin's parents died when he was nine. Okay. And, or nine. Yeah. I think it was nine. Cause he became Robin at the age of nine. So, but, uh, it's like, please, 
please. He has so many kids. So many fucking kids. Include one of them. Just one. And the, and the, oh, what, what was the thing they call it? (sighs) Pat Bat. That's the nickname. Pat Bat. That's the new nickname for Robert Pattinson as Batman. People call him Pat Pat Bat. Bat? Mm -hmm. Pat Bat. Like Pattinson, Pat Bat. Why? That is just, oh. And I'm also very sick of just like not only like the individual like just Batman movies. Now I will I will give the most recent one credit. I haven't seen it, but they included Catwoman, which is good, because, especially because they're now like in the comic book world. They're married now, as okay. of very recently. Um, it's about fucking t- Bruce has been going after this woman for like the entirety of the Batman series for like fifty years. Thank God he finally got married, but like. He got married very, like, recently in the comics, and they're including Catwoman, which is great. They're finally including, like, other characters besides Batman. Because at no point, except for maybe the first two or three years of Batman being Batman, is he alone. And then he meets... Because he adopts Dick Grayson as Robin pretty... Like, he was younger than either of us are now. Like, he was, like, early 20s, early to mid-20s at most. And then he adopted Robin... And then he just started collecting children from there, okay? Like, this man has four, three adopted sons, a biological son, and then I'm not sure if he actually officially adopted... No, God, he has more sons than that. Because there's also Batman... You told me he, he had, like, 11 kids or something. He does. Like- He's got 11 children. He started with three sons, because he got Dick Grayson, then Jason Todd, and then Tim Drake. And he's got several daughters, a couple of which are are adopted. Some of them are just his by proximity. Because he, like, he collects orphans the way, like, people, like, collect pennies or, like, stamps or something like that. The more, the merrier. So he had Dick Grayson and then Jason Todd. And then Jason Todd died. And then he got, um... Which, by the way, Jason Todd, poor Jason Todd, he died and they put it, well, they put it up to a vote of whether or not he would die to the public. They released a, a thing in the comic books. If you call the, this number, if you want him to survive the Joker, you know, like blowing up this building or this number, if you want him to die. And there were more votes for him to die. Not wow. by a lot. It was by like 10 or something like that. But yeah, that's why Jason Todd died. Credit to him because they brought him back like a couple decades later as Red Hood, who is my favorite. And he's Batman has a very serious no killing policy, and he has never mm-hmm. actually broken that. Um, Jason Todd will just shoot you with no questions asked, and I love him for it. I and love then, it already. And then he had, um, he had, uh, he had a redheaded chick for like a hot minute, and who people forget existed because it was from like the 90s or something like that or the the 80s or the 90s and she was there for like a few issues as the new robin and she disappeared and he's got a biological daughter by catwoman uh i think her name is helena and she hasn't been mentioned in fucking a couple decades either uh and then he had um then he had tim and who he adopted from his neighbors by the way who uh they were bad parents they were really bad parents like jesus fucking christ they left this poor very very young child home alone a lot as they went off gallivanting granted they were archaeologists (laughs) (laughs) they went off gallivanting all over the world and just left this very poor very small very brilliant child alone by himself and then he got stephanie brown who's not is either through adoption or anything else but like by proximity and then 
there's the biological blood son of Damian Wayne. And then there It just it makes you think of you know, it puts stranger danger to a whole new level. So it's just like Yeah. Batman just plucks children off <laughs> literally with Jason Todd. Like he just <laughs> took this child. <laughs> he basically stole like Jason was an orphan at that point, but he stole this boy just off the fucking like literally Jason was stealing the tires off the Batmobile when Batman found him. And he's just like, I like you, let's go. And just fucking stole this kid. You're mine now. Pretty much, and then and I remember, I remember when like when I was watching the new Batman movie, and I'm texting you while I'm watching mm-hmm. it, and I'm yeah. just like, oh yeah, like you know, because I'm, I'm asking you about Arkham and how we got the name and blah blah blah, yeah, and how his mom, mm-hmm. like in, in this rendition of Batman, his mom is an Arkham, which is so so the way very the Arkham got married. So specific, because that's exactly one universe out of the infinite number of DC universes. Because I'm like, that makes zero fucking sense when you're texting this to me. And I'm just like, wait a minute. That's, she was not an Arkham. Like, what the fuck is this? And I was Googling it, and I found the one One, the one universe where she's an Arkham. Yeah, and it was just, it's the only time that happened. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Because, like... I knew they were people, like the Arkham Asylum mm-hmm. was, you know, from Arkham. But I'm like, so it wasn't his mom. Like, where the fuck does that come from? But yeah, there you go. And I was just reading that, and I'm like, they picked the weird. Then again, Marvel also picked the weirdest fucking universe to go with as well, because which the one? Uh, well, the universe of the Marvel um, Cinematic Universe is based uh-huh. off of one of the alternate universes of Marvel. Where oh, all okay. that shit with Thanos happens, it doesn't happen in every every universe. It just happens in that one specific universe. And when um, I think it was Age of Ultron had come out, mm-hmm. and I was talking to my Lynn, and she's a mass like I'm much more of a DC comic book person. Like I can tell you a lot about that, but she can tell you pretty much everything about Marvel. Mm-hmm. I was talking to her about it. She says, judging by what's happened so far, she's like, I can tell you what's going to happen, and. Cause, uh, and she's just like, it's gonna get a lot worse. <laughs> and I'm like, great. And she's like, you know how Hawkeye like has a family and everything. And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, yeah, they all gonna die. And I'm like, oh, okay. And sure enough, several years later. Yep. The snap, snap fucks everyone up. Yeah. So it was just, it's interesting just to like watch them make movies out of like comic books, especially when you read the comic books, like I'm tired of them making Batman movies because I'm tired of them dealing and making movies out of like the first like year or two that batman existed rather than the 50 decades that have come on since then like you have 50 years of batman universes and story storylines to use yeah and you just you're using yeah it's like you're just using nothing and it's just it's really irritating because there's so much really good plot line in there granted you would probably have to start dealing with the fact that on some level Bruce is a child abuser for dressing up small children in traffic light colors and throwing them out there to get shot. I mean, to be fair, they are the Grayson family colors, not just random colors that, you know, Batman didn't pick the colors Dick Grayson did, but you know, he's dressed like a traffic light and you're just throwing him out there to get shot at. And, you know, like there is no body armor in that outfit. It's like at all. It's just Batman. just spandex. Batman is dressed to the nines. Robin is not. Like the later versions of Robin were like Tim and um, 
Tim and Damien have much better Robin costumes, but Dick Grayson's was literally just spandex and that was it. Like literally they're shooting at a nine-year-old who's not actually wearing any pants. So it's just like, mm, there's a reason Jason Todd didn't survive. So he granted he he was tortured for several days by the Joker with crowbar. So, you know. Yeah. He's got issues. <laughs> I believe that. So many so many things happened to poor Jason Todd, and I always feel bad for him, but hey, not one of Bruce's children has a healthy coping mechanism, so... I mean, again, Bruce doesn't does have a Bruce, healthy mechanism, so, yeah. He dresses up like a giant furry and goes across the city beating up people, so... Um, Arguably, his children are healthier than he is, so... <laughs> Bruce is not a... I have a lot of issues with... I love his children, I love all of them, you know, Duke and... Uh, Duke and Cassandra and everybody like those are because like Duke is the newest addition um finally not another Robin but he has his own like costume and everything and he was recently adopted too and uh he's pretty cool and then you have Cassandra Kane, who was an assassin at one point and she's she's really cool and I like the fact that the newer children are have um there's more diversity in okay. them, and they're actually bothering to show it because only two of Bruce's actual children are white and the other ones are not and the comic books and the movies tend to forget that at some at certain points they do because dick grayson for instance is not white despite the fact that everybody likes to pretend he is he's he's roma he's uh uh he's uh well he's roma and he, he's yeah. from the circus and everything so so he's not technically white despite the fact that people like to pretend he is um i want Jason, to say like very eastern european like yeah, um, his family traveled a lot, so, like, not entirely sure exactly where. I don't think the comic books ever specifically state. Um, but he does speak uh, Romani, mm -hmm. and, like, the Bat kids speak, like, 12 languages easy. But, like, that was one of his first languages. He didn't speak a lot of English in the very mm -hmm. beginning when he was very little, because that just wasn't the language that he spoke. Right. The language right. his parents spoke. But Jason was white. Uh, Tim is white. But Damien is only half white because he's half Arabic because his mom is Talia al Ghul, who is Arabic. And oh. then uh, Duke is uh, Duke is black. Cassandra is Asian. Um, I'm not sure what Harper is. I think she's white. Helena would be too because that's Catwoman's daughter. Um, and what Catwoman is depends on the uh, series you're reading, though. So I'm not really sure. I didn't read the the very small universe in which <laughs> Helena existed um but uh but yeah so like they're and uh, cassandra actually wasn't taught how to speak so she speaks with a lot of uh, hand signals and not and i i won't say sign language i would say hand signals because she was taught assassin style code hand signals <laughs> or because she was raised to be an assassin and not to actually speak so she's had to learn how to communicate and talk and she does know like um sign language and different hand signals and a lot of like military signals and stuff like that and she still has a hard time actually speaking because nobody bothered to teach her until Batman adopted her much later in life. So she was easily in her mid teens by then. So, and, uh, but yeah, like they, people tend to forget that, you know, Batman just doesn't have a bunch of white kids. He's got like a bunch of things across the board and nobody seems to remember that. So I can't stand looking at art of like all of these, especially Damien. It's like, which is what really pisses me off is because, like, Damien is 
not white. He's half Arabic and he looks it and he's supposed to. Like the original comic books, he looks it. But you see like the animated movies and stuff like that, that kid looks as white as I do. And I'm like, no. His last name is Al Ghul. Like his, he's he's not even from. No, he's he, never even been to North America. Like before Talia drops him off at Bruce's doorstep. Which, by the way, Bruce didn't know he had a kid. Just at twelve years old, uh, Talia just drops Damien off at his front door and like, here he goes, this is your son. Bye. <laughs> not like it's gonna be an issue for him because he just plucks him off the street. That's true. Anyways, be. now the best part of this tour. Was the wizarding stuff. Okay. So after all the DC stuff, you see the wall of... It's all the Secrets of Dumbledore crap, and I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. It's like all their costumes. It's Dumbledore and Newt and whatever. Um, and their wands. And then you turn around and you enter our wizarding world. So you walk, oh. and you, you turn to that side, and it's there's the Ford Anglia just flying above you lights on and there's a marauder's map underneath it and okay. then you go into the first room and the first room is privet drive so it's the oh. actual like it's the staircase so it's not like okay. the actual house outside but like it's there's the staircase and mm. the cupboard underneath that we walked into we took pictures you can lie down on the bed and all that stuff is that recreations or is that part of the original set i don't know yeah. i want to say it's part of the well the original, I don't know. I feel like I feel like the original set would be in London. Yeah, because I feel like most of it was filmed over there, not over yeah. here. Like this is probably just the recreation stuff, but because Warner Brothers, they can yeah. just do it and it's fine. Well, I was curious if maybe because it was all sets, if they just took part of it and shipped it somewhere. I they have might no have. Clue. Like I have no. I, I know, like the that. pivot drive. I know the outside of the pivot drive house is like a real house, but that that street that some of the pivot drive scenes are filmed on is a set. So yeah, like they they built that little community. Yeah, houses. Yeah, I think the I first that. movie. I think the first movie, the house is a real house, but after that, they just made a set. So yeah, I remember it. like I should have asked all these questions, but we were just too giddy to be there to think. Yeah, that's fair. Like I wouldn't have thought to ask this in the moment either. So, so you see the stairs, you see the lamp post. This is Privet Drive. There's an owl sitting on top and everything, and then to mm-hmm. the left of that is the chimney. Yeah, the chimney scene. So like, there's just letters everywhere. They're hanging, they're flying, they're in a circle, they're fucking everywhere, which is great. And we took pictures of us trying to catch a letter. Yeah. And then you go to the next room, and it's, uh, what was the next room? Hang on. After Privet Drive was, to my gallery, let's go. I have to go through my pictures and, like, post them. Um, okay, after that was the Great Hall. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, like, as grand, you know, it was just the stool with the sorting hat. So okay. the sorting hat comes down and it actually <laughs> sorts you. Like, it, it talks and everything. Did you get Hufflepuff? I did get Hufflepuff. <laughs> that was a shot in the dark! That was a shot in the dark! Well, I got Gryffindor and I got Hufflepuff and I'm like, half of my house. Which, well, oh. which, which is fine. And then after that, you walk into the herbology classroom. Yeah. And they have the mandrakes and it was when you could actually pull them out and they scream. Oh god, okay. So that was great. After Herbology, you walked into the potions classroom, mm-hmm. and you could actually make potions. What? Like there, there's like act, there's like three interactive cauldrons, and there's like a little thing in the front of the cauldron that says um, antidote and like the ingredients. So you gotta press the ing- like you have to like pick the ingredients in mm-hmm. order of like for, for the antidote that you're making. Yeah. 
And then when you're done with the ingredients, you press the wand that's yeah. in front of the cauldron, and the cauldron mm-hmm. starts to spin. Oh, and that's you, cool. Yeah, and you get your potion. And then there was um, to the left of that was the wall of wands, like okay. in all of Anders. Yeah, and there were two like mirrors, and there was a little like a like a lengthwise video thing in the middle. Yeah, and you, and it's telling you. It's basically dueling club, so it's telling you how to like do movements with your mm-hmm. body and the wand. So it's like it's not telling you spells, but like you do this movement or that movement or whatever. And that yeah. was fun. That sounds cool. I look like an utter fool, but it's fine. I honestly at that point who cares? Who cares? And then we've got and then we walked into Newt's um shed. Yeah. And there was a big old book, and you can touch the different, uh, the pictures of the different animals. Yeah. And when you touch them, they show up on the wall in front of oh, the, the book. That's so cool. that was, yeah. And then they had Newt's, uh, suitcase. Yeah. Like, open and everything. Like, there's no stairs that go underneath, but, like, I have a picture where Talad is in, you know, she's in the suitcase, and all you see is my hand on the rim of the suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> be trying like help oh that's cool it was fun and then at when you're outside and then at not at the very end but like once you're done with the whole tour and you're at you know you're back to where you started mm-hmm. um which is where the the shop is the yeah. merchandise shop mm-hmm. right in front of because there's a starbucks right there right in front of, like in the starbucks cafe sitting area is a giant tri-wizard cup Ooh, okay. It's the goblet is right there. No, that's cool. Like it's huge, and I'm yeah. just like, all right, because like, I just took a picture in front of it. I'm ah! like, no, no, I have a better idea. And I'm just like, I got my receipt from my merch, and I, I yeah. folded it. I grabbed one of the chairs, and I yeah. stood on it, and I'm like trying to put my name in the goblet. Of <laughs> <my hair. laughs> that's such a bad idea. You do not want to compete in the goblet of fire. We will die. People die. <laughs> So they stopped the tournament in the first place because people died. God, that's massive. What I the know. Hell? That's so much taller than you are. What the hell? And I'm on a chair. Yeah. Holy shit. It's like a 10 foot tall giant tri wizard cup. Uh-huh. That was great. crazy. And Holy I shit. actually, oh, I'm wearing the shirt specifically for today so I can show you because I absolutely fell in love with this shirt when I saw it. Okay. Borgen and Burke shirt. Yeah, it's my Borgen and Burke shirt. I love oh my god. Because cool. I was like, I do not have enough Harry Potter like daily merch. I just yeah. don't. Yeah. So I got fair. this shirt. I got um Talat and I got matching um house shirts. So I got my Slytherin shirt and she got her Hufflepuff yeah. shirt, but it's like it's the same design. Yeah, well that's so cool. So it is oh it's not on this one. You'll have to bring the Borgen and Burke's uh shirt with you when you come to visit since we have Of uh, course. Diagon Alley or uh, Nocturne Alley. Oh, we Aaron and I have um matching shirts for Universal. Oh yeah, what are your matching shirts? So mine is green for Slytherin, okay. and hers is blue, but it's the same picture on it, and it just says it's a picture of the Ford Anglia, and okay. it says "Get in, loser! We're going to Hogwarts." <laughs> okay, that's cute. Oh, that's cute. I love it. So this this one on the left. Okay. Is the Slytherin shirt that I got. Okay. This one right here. And Tala got the matching Hufflepuff one. 
right there. Aww, that's cute. Mm -hmm. I love having Harry Potter merchandise. I was so happy. They had some really nice wands. Um, here, let me send these to you so you can look at these wands. Um, Were they actually like... wood? Yes. I was just curious if they were plastic, if they're wood. Um, let me hang on. I'd love to have like a giant collection of them, but because uh, I have three wands. I, I almost, almost got uh, my personalized Hogwarts letter. Oh, really? I really wanted to get it because it was only $25, but like, yeah. there was no one at that counter oh. that was available. So I'm just like, God damn it. Mimi, come here. I'm not letting you out right now. Look at those wands, dude. Those are Ooh. beautiful. Those are beautiful. I love the snake Slytherin wand. It's, what was the one behind it? The locket of Slytherin wand, I think, is my favorite. That's pretty cool. I like the, uh, diadem wand too yeah the it's diadem really cool. is cool but like like the diadem is cool but like that that locket one with the crystal at the end yeah is cool my favorite it. i like the snake one a lot though oh, i do love the snake really one really cool yeah yeah it looks really really cool and then i can't else? wait till you guys come to visit that's gonna be so much fun i can't wait i'm so excited we are down to 78 days, 4 hours, and 13 minutes. <laughs> okay. You guys got to make sure you let me know when you buy uh, the tickets. Yeah, we're, we're going to buy them. We're going to get them Saturday. Saturday. Okay. Just mm -hmm. shoot me a text so I know uh, buy it too. So. Shh. Knock it off. Come here. It'll be fun just to actually get to see you again. And then to meet Aaron for the first time. I know. Dude, like, I wish you didn't live so far away. But at the same time, it's like, I talk to you every day. That's true. So it's like I don't like, really miss you. Yeah, like that's very fair because like it's been it's been actually almost exactly a year since we've seen each other, but it definitely doesn't feel that way. Especially now that we do the podcast because like I can actually see you at least <laughs> once a week. So and it's like and we literally just message each other every, every single, day, all day long, just like every stray thought that goes through my head and probably gets sent to you. And all three of us are like, hey, look at this stupid shit that I think is funny. Yeah. And it's just like, here, look at this random meme. And like, hey, here's this weird article I found. Like the, uh, oh, like I sent you today. Like, hey, the art museum here got raided by the FBI. <laughs> like, I've been to that museum. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. Okay. I was just like, what? Because it popped up on my phone and I was just like, on Friday, the the FBI raided the Orlando Art Museum. And I'm like, Why? And they're apparently they have an exhibit there where they think the art might be fake. So I mean, I yeah. wouldn't be surprised. It's Florida. Yeah, they. Uh, and it was. It's this. It's an exhibit they had since February, and it was an artist that, um, like, he like did his art on all kinds of different mediums, but this collection specifically is all on cardboard. It was found in a storage unit. And it was on display, and somebody noticed that part of the uh, FedEx packaging that was on the side of one of them was a design. Like, he died in the 80s, and this collection was supposed to have been not too long from before he died. Uh -huh. And somebody noticed that the FedEx packaging was a design that wasn't made until the 90s. So, and they're just like, that can't be real because that's that FedEx design didn't come around until, like, six years after he died or something like that. So, so now it was... It, and it's I will awesome. If it's authentic, it's worth a hundred million dollars. But if it's fake, it's worth nothing. 
the director of the museum already lost his job so yeah i'm not surprised because i mean if you're in charge of a museum then you better you know your should, shit you should definitely have authentication like information yeah. on these pieces like it should have been authenticated if there was any question on any of it like you should have like official authentication documentation because if you have official authentication documentation at that point it's kind of not on you because you have the information yeah but you should verify that these documentations are correct and if there's any doubt Come you in. should be having your own authentication process done on it so and any logos or anything like that like stamps dates anything like that could easily tell you what it was and fedex packaging is one of them so and granted that museum is such a disappointment Orlando outside of the parks is just such a disappointment. So like you're not wrong. So I'm just yeah. like I love museums. Yeah, let's go to an art museum and we're done in like an Four hour, months. maybe under an hour. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. There wasn't it, the first time I'd been in there too. So like it, it looks really big from the outside. Um, it's just there's not, but people don't go to Orlando. Orlando for, for museums. No, yeah. they go for the parks. That's why our downtown is so small. Like people don't go there for those things. Like the the park like area is so much bigger than our downtown. Like because but it's also removed from the city itself. It's like an hour away from downtown. So for a purpose. So there was something that I saw that I sent to one of my work besties, my my momager. Um <laughs> we're like the same age and I'm just like she's my momager cuz she's in charge of that account. It's great. And I saw this article and I sent it to her on on Instagram because it's um she lives in Miami. Mm-hmm. It's about a hedge fund that is relocating from Chicago to Miami. Okay. What part of that sounds like a good idea? It tells me that a bunch of the higher ups got tired of the weather and now want to go be in Miami or for the weather purposes, but absolutely have no idea what actually living in Miami will entail, weather wise or anything else. As I guarantee I'm, you, the people of Chicago are not prepared for a hurricane. I just sent it to you, so if you want to look at it, it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Alright, let's start with walking to Hagrid's hut. Yeah. Making the very, very poor decision in the way that only 12-year-olds can do of the lack of common sense to sneak out in the middle of the night to Hagrid while with the crossbow. People are being, yeah, and sneaking out while people are being, while children are being targeted. Yeah, and attacked. and attacked. Including their best friend who's already been attacked. So, Why are they surprised Haggard has a crossbow? He had it in the last movie. Like, he was carrying it around when they went into the forest, so. Also, he deals with a lot of, like, giant creatures. Like, why would this man not have a crossbow? Honestly, he's not allowed to have a wand, so I'd probably have a couple crossbows. <laughs> like, shit. Asking if he knows who open the Chamber of Secrets, and yet they're going to find out that he was there. Right. Which really just puts into perspective how old Hagrid is. Because, like, you understand how old Voldemort is, and how long ago it was that his, that he was in school, but then it throws you off to learn that Hagrid is the same age. If not, like, a couple years younger than Voldemort. Voldemort. Was 30-something? When the first, like, when he first started doing all of his shit. What do you mean by 30? Wasn't he in his 30s when he started, like, attacking and doing his, like, dark side stuff? He was recruiting while he was still in Hogwarts. So, like, he was evil from, like, day one. No, no, that, but that I know. I think, he, like, when the war started, the, the Great War, whatever, with him. Yeah. He was, like, 
30? What year was I feel like he would have had to been. Well, no, because they were in school in uh, Harry's parents were in school in 77. Like that was their last year at Hogwarts. I know that because the year they graduated from Hogwarts is the same year my mom graduated from high school. Um, there you go. But uh, yeah, I because and he was in school before that. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess 30s would make would make sense. Let's see what year close. Which puts him at least 10 years older than Harry's parents. Mm, he was in school from 1938 to 1945. Oh my god, Dumbledore was dealing with this little piece of shit in school while he was dealing with Grindelwald. That sucks. Clearly we know where things went wrong because he's dealing with on two different fronts of bullshit. That that makes sense. I was I reading with Dumbledore. I well I I do. But I was reading one of I remember reading something about one of the reasons that Tom Riddle hates muggles so much is the fact that he grew up in London during World War II, which would have had the blitz and everything. And that was one yeah. of the reasons he hated muggles so much is he, he was treated so poorly by them but he was experiencing literally the worst aspects of humanity during World War II. Makes sense. Yeah. That I would I would I could go for that. And one of the reasons Dumbledore hated Muggles was the fact of what that group of Muggles did to his little sister. So, you know, like I I guess that like they don't come by their horrible prejudice for no reason. Like it's still not good, but like I can understand from It's not justified, but we get we understand why. I can understand Tom like hating muggles after like experiencing the blitz and then they make yeah. him go home every summer. Like during World War II. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. You there are so many instances where Harry could have turned into another Voldemort. Oh, absolutely. And we are lucky that he did not. Absolutely. And you'd like to think after understanding that, you know, Tom turned out the way he did because of a lack of love in his life and a lack of like stable support system, that putting Harry into an actively abusive environment like he did with Tom. Year after year after year with the Dursleys. How is this child sane? Like, holy <laughs> shit, how is this child insane like tom went like crazy but in a way that like he could hide it really well and like nobody could ever prove like that he was actually a psychopath because he got like that charismatic serial killer aspect going on harry i guess maybe he's just so stupid like it doesn't register <laughs> like i don't fucking know because holy shit how he's not like because and the thing is too is like voldemort had so many opportunities to like take over in a way that made more sense than just going around murdering a bunch of people like he could have been minister of magic within like five years of graduating oh yeah he could have infiltrated the ministry and take and just but in slow change it but no he went to the whole but in, kill everything yeah and also like right after he graduated school he went to work for borgen and burks instead of like interning somewhere amazing like he could have and now harry and ron are making the even worse decision to follow a bunch of spiders. Why would you do that? Why I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck what Hagrid would tell me to do. He's like, follow the spiders. I'd be like, you fucking follow the spiders. I don't care. I don't care what no. lies at the end of that trail. There could be a lifetime supply of liquid luck. There could be just like a billion dollars at the end of that. But the chances of walking into the Forbidden Forest after a couple billion spiders 
Yeah. And making it back out alive. Like, uh-uh. look how many spiders are on the ground. Like, literally, if those were real spiders, they would be crawling all over you. And they're not little. They're all fucking tarantulas. They're huge. They're tarantulas. And it's just like, why would you do that? Why? I was nothing like, I would have done. I have a healthy respect for spiders. Yeah. I'm not, like, afraid of them. I respect them. Mm-hmm. They can stay where they are as long as they don't come near me. We're good. We can yeah. stay in the same room. That being said, I will not follow this. That is not like a couple spiders. Into the forest. That's no, a few that's- hundred thousand spiders. You are having to walk on these spiders because it's not like the spiders are parting for every step that Harry and Ron are taking. They're actively stepping on spiders. That's disgusting. That's horrifying. Like, no thank you. Absolutely not. There's no force on this earth that would get me to do yeah. that. And now they're getting bigger. I'd be like, fuck you. Fuck all of this. Oh, and look, now there's an even bigger spider and it talks. Fuck all of that. Like, the, the ground is trembling as this thing is moving. And I'm just... Spiders aren't heavy either. So, like, this thing would have to be so big. And I hate it. There's no Wingardium Leviosa strong enough in the world that's going to lift that motherfucker. <laughs> like, uh-uh. What's the opposite of Accio? Whatever it is, that to the spider, mega go away. What's the repel? Repel it away. Yeah. Get the fuck away from me, oh. <laughs> Spell. The face that Ron is making would be my face. Again, even though I'm not afraid of them, with all this shit going on, I would be shitting my pants. Yes. Well, like... I, Can we please leave? I would be making such a high pitch oh, noise. <laughs> just like, uh-uh, nope, nope. And they got fucking lucky that Harry witnessed Tom, you know, saying that one spell yeah. to Aragog in the diary. Otherwise, yeah. they would not be, They would be dead if you didn't know that and if the Ford Anglia did not show up. Harry is alive through a very long series of just pure, unadulterated dumb luck. Like, very... In the words of McGonagall, sheer dumb luck. Yeah. Sheer dumb luck. That is the description of, oh my god, that's so many spiders. Oh, no. Just coming down from the trees, no. and they're, no. they're... They're half as big as us, no. coming down from the trees. No, 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 no. I like how, like... Aragog is like, I'm gonna let them eat you. And I'm like, they're just little itty bitty children. You're gonna feed like four spiders, maybe. Maybe. Right. There's a few hundred thousand spiders, and you're gonna feed like four of them with that. Oh, it's so gross. And it's like, Aragog says, you know, like, they don't harm Hagrid because, you know, Hagrid's our friend, Mm. but we don't know you. You'd think, you'd think with all this shit going on, once Harry and Hagrid had met, Hagrid would have gone to see Aragog because he visits him, I'm yeah. sure. And he would have gone to see him and, be, and told him about Harry and Ron and Hermione and be like, yeah, these are my friends. Yeah. Let's not eat them. Yeah. Oh. So much wrong. So much wrong. Mm. I feel bad for this poor car. <laughs> like, so it, got hit, it, got, it got beat by the Whomping Willow. It's being beat by spiders. Like, I hope it's enjoying its life in the Forbidden Forest, in all honesty. Why would you stop moving the vehicle? These things are after you, and you stop moving the vehicle. 
This is where I would have had a heart attack because the spider just latches onto Ron's neck and I'm just like, how it soul de- has de- left my body. I'm, I'm gone. How it I'm didn't gone. decapitate him when it hasn't been, <laughs> it's not a pincer let go spell. It's a throw the spider away from you spell. It should have de- fully decapitated Ron at that point. Or at the very least thrown him out of the vehicle with the spider. I still don't understand how this 12 year old knows how to drive a car. Like where did he learn to drive this vehicle? <laughs> I can understand the twins knowing because they're old enough to maybe like take lessons or something like that or learn or maybe just stole the car at some point to practice. But like, where does Ron learn to drive? What is my judging by the way he's moving his hand, a stick shift car. This is true. That is definitely a stick, but it's, it's not just a regular stick shift car. It's a modified magical stick shift car. Where did he learn to drive a modified magical stick shift car? And they can know how to drive a car, but wizards don't know what the fuck a pin is. Like, let's be honest. Like, you can have a flying magical car, but you don't know the function of a rubber duck. Like, a rubber duck is not something special. It's a toy. It's there for your entertainment, for children's entertainment, and that's it. But no. We can, we can fly a car. You go somewhere, someone asks you for a pen, and it's like, what's that? Yeah. Ron just fully threatening Hagrid. like, I'll fucking kill him if I ever see him again. I don't blame him. Oh, honestly, no, me neither. But at this point, they should really just understand not to take Hagrid's advice. Like, I I love Hagrid. I really do. But holy shit. You have to understand, his level of logic is worse than Harry's. Yeah. Harry at least has some, you know, analytical thinking skills. Some. Some. Not a lot, but some. Which he seems to Hagrid lose has not. the older he gets. <laughs> <laughs> but Hagrid has like none. It's just, oh look, giant animal. I want to. Be- My friend sent me this meme, which is per- which is one hundred percent true. That says, "I'm gonna die petting something I shouldn't." Yeah. That's how I'm gonna go. Which is true for me. That's how I'm gonna go. Yeah. It's a hundred percent true for Hagrid because he's just like, oh look, a dragon. I want to pet it. Yeah. Oh look, a giant spider. I'm gonna make it my pet. Like, yep. That's Hagrid for you. See now, I don't, at this point, they found like the the piece of uh, the book, like the paper, in Hermione's hand, and I love the like the theory, the fan theory that that page is the one that Draco ripped out, ripped out in, from the book, yeah, in the, in the bookstore, yeah. because they're like Hermione would never rip a page out of a book. She's like that. It's they're practically her religion, like they're sacred to her. And, like, she wouldn't rip a page out of a book. She might carry the whole book, but she wouldn't rip a page out of it. But we happen to see Draco ripping a page out of it in the beginning. And I I, I love that. I love that theory. I do, too. What I was going to say is I love how the number of times they visited her mm-hmm. and they haven't found that. Yeah. But that goes along with your fan theory of, like, you know, Draco, like, came by, stuffed it in her in her hand, and then walked away. I think for them to find it. I was thinking that he gave it to her. Like he slipped it to her while she was still like, you know, alive and conscious and everything. And that she had found it. Or like, you know, like he slipped it in like one of her like notebooks or something uh-huh. like that. And she found it and she was holding on to it. That's why she had the mirror because she was looking around because she found it because of the I feel like I feel like if that was the case, he wouldn't have found a chance to get near Hermione while she was conscious. Which is why like I visiting her while she's petrified and stuffing that in her hand. I was thinking for, them, for Harry and Ron to find it makes like for me that makes sense. 
Yeah, I was thinking that maybe like well, I was thinking maybe like when she's in the library and she's off grabbing books and she like leaves her Uh, stuff at the table. And because she had she grabbed the mirror, which I'm assuming because in the books she gets petrified with Penelope Clearwater. And I'm assuming the mirror was Penelope's mirror, and that's why they were sneaking around looking around corners. Because she probably found the note, like the the page in her stuff, like Hermione did. And then that's right. found Penelope and they, so they were starting to look around corners because they now knew what it was. So that was, okay, that, makes more sense. that was, yeah. that was my original thought. But uh, look at Snape. Just can we please, can we please find Snape's or McGonagall's robes and just wear them, run around, wear them universal. dramatically. Yes, absolutely. Yes. I would fully wear Snape's billowy robe like if at some point i don't get to walk around wearing something that billows the way snape does as i run down stone halls of a castle there is no point in anything a girl has been snatched why would lockhart go around telling people he knew where to go into the chamber of secrets why Why would you say that he's gonna be bragging about you know i know where it is how would you not piece together that like well you know where the chamber of secrets is show us like <laughs> I have an issue no. with this like with this note on the wall versus McGonagall already knowing which student was taken is that this why? note has just appeared on the wall that's why all the teachers are running to go see it and where it says her skeleton will lie in the chamber forever you already know somebody's missing so why is this note on the wall news to you you already have a missing student on hand. You didn't do any counts. You didn't look for anybody. Nothing. You already knew walking up to this brand new note that Jenny was missing. <laughs> Why? Why? How? Did you do? And I you mean, haven't seen Ron or Harry either, so you have to assume they're missing if she did it like a head count that night. So, because that 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 was mentioned in the books, how like they did it, like all the students returned to the dormitories after classes, whatever. Yeah. So they all did, um, all the house heads did a head count oh. of their students. Okay. That's how McGonagall would have known that Ginny was missing. Okay, so it just doesn't make any sense in the movie, not so much the book. No, it may, but it makes sense in the book. Okay. Because it does say that they, like, the heads of houses did do a, a count to make sure that, you know, all kids are where they need to be. Yeah. And when she realized that Ginny's missing, it's like, well, you know, put two and two together. Yeah, it's like, and it does say right there, her skeleton will lie in the chamber forever, mm-hmm. so... I, I like how Gilderoy just fully gives up in the face of two 12-year-olds who pointing a water. He, these kids know, like, six spells max. And they he gives up immediately. <laughs> like, he doesn't try <laughs> shit. He just immediately gives up. Ah! I love how they just walk up to a ghost and they're just like, hey, how'd you die? <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure, like, if there's ghost etiquette, that's just at the top of the things you just don't do. So, but they don't seem to care. I mean, it's like... It- it's, it's on the same lines of, like, asking Nearly Headless Snake of, like, why he's Nearly Headless. Yeah. Because when you ask him that, he just, like, in the books, and even in the movie, he gets, like, this look of, like, offense, where it's like... Just, like, maybe there's rude. there's etiquette here you're not understanding? I forgot which movie it was. I think, no, it was, it was the sixth book where Harry and Ron attend Nearly Headless Nick's death day party. Is it that far into the series? Yeah, because I remember because um, I think it's the sixth one. I I, I want to say it is because Slughorn was in, was involved. I think. Hmm. 
I don't remember, but I remember them going to nearly headless Nick's death day party, and there was like rotting cake and rotting food uh, because they're ghosts. They don't need food, and Harry and Ron are just like we're the only living things here, uh, and, it's, and it's so cold, and they're just like, what? Why? It's so gross. Let me let me look this up because now I'm curious. When was nearly headless Nick's death day party? In Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, Harry, Ron, and Hermione all attend the, the Death Day party in or, in honor of the fire. It was in the first one, yeah. and I was like, "Oh, it's the sixth one. No, it's fine." I don't remember that at all. Well, in your defense, the sixth book is so long; <laughs> like it's so fucking long, and so much weird shit happens in that book. The longest book is the fifth book. Yeah, that's fair. It's my favorite book, too. 870 pages. Yeah, it's my favorite of them, too. Just because of the amount of Sirius it has in it. I love Sirius. He's a terrible role model, but I love Sirius. No, but as I was saying, like, people pointed out the fact that sinks and, like, plumbing in, in the modern way that it is here in the school wasn't invented until several hundred years after Salazar Slytherin uh, died. So who the hell put the Chamber of Secrets here? In the girls' bathroom? Bathroom. Yeah. It's an excellent question. Unless Sal- like unless Salazar actually did like some of the tunnels, which is which would explain why they're so fucking big. Mm-hmm. And then whenever it got more like evolved and more plumbing, they're just like, we're just gonna add to this and not question why it's already here. Right. Well, like it means that one of Salazar Slytherin's descendants had to have made this. And uh. it's just like, who who did this? Because somebody with, who speaks Parseltongue would have had to, you know, made the entrance part of it. And we have to be like, um, why did you put it in a girl's bathroom? <laughs> I mean, granted, it might have been a girl who did it, but still a weird choice. Just Myrtle flirting with Harry. Since You're the welcome day she to sh- share my stall. Doesn't that say romance to you? She didn't even say stall. She said toilet. You can share my toilet. I'm trying to class it up. <laughs> it could have only have been a student that made the entrance to this because nothing short of a 16-year-old would have made a slide as the entrance <laughs> in a, a slide coming from a bathroom. Like, just nobody else would have made that. This is like blasted through with dynamite type shit. Like, hmm this just shows the stupidity of Gilderoy he he goes to grab the broken wand that he knows is not going to function properly true but then again this is a guy who got disarmed by a 12 year old so and is threatening to murder 12 year olds to get away also pretty much honestly Gilderoy he doesn't have really any good ones so it wouldn't be a bad thing right also, with that, how heavily, like, how strongly he hit the rock, mm-hmm. yeah, that should have broken his spine. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It hit. He hit that rock enough to cause a cave-in. Like that man should be dead. Don't you dare leave me on this side with this asshole. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to move some rocks while you're away with no magic, right? I kind of wish they also put that part in uh, the movie. Where they go see Gilderoy and St. Mungo's. <laughs> I just think it's sad. It's, it's very like, sad, but I would have loved to see that. 
Tom Riddle, I saw you in a memory from 50, 60 years ago. Why do you look just so young? His bat, um, crest. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have the southern one. He has the whole house crest. Which is weird. I don't know if that was the uniform 50 years ago. Like, all the cloaks were just the Hogwarts one, but, Maybe. like, your ties and shit were your house stuff. Maybe the individual houses weren't as important back then. Also, Salazar Slytherin made this whole chamber, right? That's mm-hmm. a lot of really weird iconography of just, like, giant snake heads everywhere, just some water everywhere, a weird, like, face with, like, snake tentacles coming out of the beard and all that. Like, my dude, what? <laughs> Why? Why would you make that? What is the point of that? Like, you didn't even finish, you know, like, Bryce? carving out, like, the tunnels. Because Harry definitely walked through, like, some stalactite, stalagmite bullshit. You know, but you focused all your time and your energy on making giant snake heads. Like, okay. The chamber wasn't enough. We had to add a, a flair to it. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see a post that was just, like, someone came out and was just like, was it just me, or were there more that was it? You know, were there a lot of the people out there that were just thirsting for Tom Riddle when this came out? Well, he's a good-looking dude. <laughs> when he's he got a nose. When he has a nose. That's uh, one of the reasons people followed him is because he was considered yeah. to be extremely charismatic, but he was also really good-looking as well. That's Listen, one of the that reasons. Is exactly what they said about, about Ted, Ted Bundy. Bundy. Exactly, and that's the point. <laughs> It's like that he's very charismatic and that he's very, uh, like that he was very good looking. That's why a lot of, a lot of serial, a lot of serial killers have that as like what people think of them. It's like they're very charismatic, they're very good looking. They don't give off weird, creepy vibes. Right. What give part off, of John like, Wayne Gacy gave up not creepy vibes? There are some people who are not afraid of clowns. Well, I, I mean, like if you do like come across somebody who just does freak you out to like an extreme level as a psycho, you know. Run away from that too, because that's true too. So, yeah, I love I've the fact that they enough. had to change like Tom Riddle's middle name in a bunch of different of the language translations to make it spell "I am Lord Voldemort." <laughs> like in French, his middle name is Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> How many names can we come up with that have the letter V in them? I can't even imagine trying to get it to spell correctly in Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> well, the fact. <laughs> You'd had to have an L in there at all, would just throw it off. Like Watashi Wa Tom Riddle Sama. <laughs> just be like, mm, get a <laughs> middle name you got going, man. Elvis. I I'm gonna hold on to that and call him that from now on. <laughs> you sent me this dodgy old hat. What is your problem? <laughs> Why does the hat keep the sword of Gryffindor in it? Like what the fuck? Even Tom was looking at it like, what? (laughs) Tom was expecting, like, something, like, drastic, and then he's just looking at Harry like, really? They gave you a hat? A hat? (laughs) A hat and a songbird. That's all you get. Even he's just kind of like, okay, wow, that's sad. For the same reason the entrance to your secret chamber is in a girl's bathroom. Mm -hmm. None of it makes sense. And the snake lives inside, like, the mouth. The thing that really, really gets me, too, is the fact that, like, Tom Riddle could have achieved so much. He was very popular. 
He was very smart. He knew a shit ton about magic. He was the heir of Slytherin. He could have had anything and everything he wanted. This man could have been Minister of Magic in five years after graduating if he wanted to. But instead, he decided what he wanted more than anything was to teach at Hogwarts. And then when Dumbledore wouldn't give it to him, he became a lun- like an active lunatic out in the world. I mean, Hitler didn't get to go to art school. And uh-huh. so he- look at his career path. <laughs> so uh... Very true. It just goes to show that school fucks you up. <laughs> Says the girl still in school. I should be an example of this. Like, <laughs> how fucking weird am I? Granted, I'm not true. Tom Riddle, but Jesus. You are not Tom Riddle, but if you had the means, you would come damn well close to world domination. I need a little more drive. I'm oh. a procrastinator. And if, like, look, the universe. Gave me procrastination and anxiety so that I couldn't take over the world. Because if I was fully, like, of a peak positive mental health, man, shit. It had to cripple you somehow. I would have taken over galaxies. Like, fuck that. But instead, I spend my time reading Harry Potter fan fiction. So (laughs) the universe should be happy. Am I the only one that always feels bad for the monsters that are, like, totally being used by the bad guys? Like I'm, yeah. Like this, it's just living its life. Yeah, just living. It was no problem before this movie. Before Voldemort started like fucking with it, it was just like happy in the the tunnels. The snake has been trapped in this chamber for a thousand years. That's just a shitty way to live. Yeah, (laughs) it's pre-access. Can I just have a window? (laughs) Can I please? I just, I'd like (laughs) to look at the sky occasionally. That's all I want. The level of soaked clothing would be bothering me so much. I like how he's, yeah, like Harry's trying to hide from the snake and he's just sloshing around really loudly. (laughs) He's also like, you know, the way he's like interacting with everything, he would, his pants would be soaked to mid shin, knees down, up until the elbows would be wet Mm. and everything else would be dry. And I'd be like, this is not. No. Well, I would have lost the robe a long time ago. Yeah, same. Like, if you're trying to sneak around, like, my dude. Well, I wouldn't have run into the puddle either, but, you know. Clang, 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 (laughs) clang, clang, clang. Why can the snake find me? I like how instead of hiding, he just tries to get, like, actual eye level with it. You idiot. Like, there is so much possibility of falling, of losing that thing. And now you're only stuck at that one spot up top. Like you And it yeah. It's sheer dumb luck that he didn't just fall to his death without the snake doing anything. Okay, the swiping is not working. New swiping, tactic. No swiping. Exactly. <laughs> this poor thing. I just wanted to eat. <laughs> like that snake did not deserve that. Like I feel like I don't feel bad so much. For anybody else in this movie, except for the snake. Mm-hmm. It was just trying to live its existence. I don't even feel that bad for Jenny Weasley, who, no. in the first moment of writing in the diary that then wrote back to her, continued just to voluntarily <laughs> write in a diary. And I'm like, even at 11 years old, you should have the common sense of knowing that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> also, you know it's not yours. One, it has somebody's name stamped into it. And two, it just appeared in your shit. 
but you were there when you guys checked out and bought all the books. You know they didn't just randomly add a journal with somebody else's name on it to your shit when you guys were buying stuff. Mm-hmm. First, he broke. He lost all the bones in his arm, and now the same arm got pierced via a basilisk thing. Funny, you needed that silly little girl to do anything, but okay. I'm pretty sure... I wonder if it was ever mentioned in the books, but, like, did we ever figure out how anyone got in, got the notebook itself, the journal? Cause, like, yeah, I'm Lucius sure... Malfoy gave it to Jenny. Yeah, no, I know that, but how did Lucius get it? Because I'm pretty sure Tom had left that journal in the room of requirement. No, the journal was, uh, along with the other Horcruxes, were left to, like, prime members of his followers. Oh. So the Malfoys were left the diary... The blacks were left the locket and things like that. They were distributed among his most loyal followers. Gotcha. That's right, because Bellatrix, the, the strange vault had the uh, the cup. Yeah. Jenny's like, what the fuck just happened? Mm-hmm. Oh, Jenny, <laughs> what gave you the first clue that he was hurt? All of the blood or the giant rip in his shirt? <laughs> well, look, there's a convenient plot point from earlier. A phoenix. Harry is always just so chill with the fact that he's gonna die because his life just sucks. He really is. He's ready to go. He's just like, let's go. Had enough. Like people have been trying to kill me for years. Like, just get over, get it over with. Like at this point, it's only the second year, and he's just like, you know what? Cool. Don't have to go back to the Dursleys. (laughs) Damn it! Phoenix tears have healing powers. Shit, I was I thought I had my way out this time. <laughs> I think I'm more impressed that after all of the adventures and the shit that it, like Harry goes through, his glasses just stay on his face. Like as an <laughs> like as an active glasses wearing person throughout the day, like they slip down my face a lot. But mm-hmm. that boy's glasses do not move. How does this one bird carry four people? Where it's is this magic honey? <laughs> Where is this hole? Like, you're telling me that this is somewhere in the Hogwarts grounds and nobody has happened to walk by it, look down, and saw a giant, like, stone head somewhere? Like, are you kidding? Yes, award the children. You continuously award these students for risking their lives over and over, for doing your job (laughs) over and over again. This is like, here, I'm going to bribe you with an award from the school so that you keep your fucking mouth shut should the Ministry of Magic ever come asking. (laughs) Well, yeah, it was dangerous, but I got an award for it. Dumbledore gave me an award. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. This outfit that Dumbledore's wearing looks very much like the back of the first book. Like the belt and everything, yeah. Is the beard in the belt? Mm. Yeah, I just almost died by snake monster. You think something's troubling me, Dumbledore? I wonder what it could be. Come on, Dumby Dice, use that brain. Like, that's Dumbledore not an really, answer. Really hinting early on, it's like, I think you're a Horcrux, Harry. <laughs> like, Voldemort can speak parcel tongue, but you can also speak parcel tongue. Isn't that kind there of weird? No but you can speak it. Between the two of you. Like, you can speak it because he can speak it. And, and I, at that point, I'd, I'd question, like, what does that mean? How does that how does that work? Are we soulmates and our souls are intertwined? Like what are you telling me? It's like, but I hate to break it to you, Harry, but you're not good looking or charismatic. And that was the Voldemort <laughs> right. point. 
you really just think that Dumbledore would have been way more cautious with Harry, knowing what he does about Voldemort and like Voldemort's upbringing. Because Dumbledore's like, yeah, you guys are very similar. You have a lot of very common similarities. Like, okay, well, maybe you should have let him grow up in a loving and, you know, caring household. Yeah, and it would have been fine. Also, not fully doesn't clean off the blood off the sword, and Harry grabs it sword apart. Fuck. I know. He, he doesn't even grab it via the hilt. He's just like, nah, man, I'm just gonna stab myself with it. It's fine. Hi, Lucius. I'll deal with you later. Um, there was a part like in this scene, like after this, where like they're walking out and like he kicks Dobby. Lucius actually um uh he came up with that idea that like after he did it, like he pretended to kick Dobby because you know it's all CGI. Mm-hmm. Someone was like, "You want to retake that? I think you tripped." He's like, "No, no, I kicked Dobby." <laughs> Maybe he did trip, and he's just like, "Yeah, I kicked him." No, he like he, he said that he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do this, but I'll tell anybody." He's like, "Oh, like, yeah, I think you tripped." He's like, "No, no, I kicked the elf." <laughs> it's sad that I believe Lucius Malfoy actually genuinely cares about the welfare of these students more than Dumbledore does. <laughs> Some of the students, Some not of, all. He cares of them. about the. He gives you know, a shit about the Slytherins. Like I'll, I'll say that he cares about whether these Slytherins live or die. And you know what? That's way more than Dumbledore does. So, yeah. Because I gotta say, like Lucius Malfoy pops up to this school to like deal with infractions against safety a lot, <laughs> particularly against his own child. But that's still more than any other parent, apparently. Literally the only parent that shows up to the school. Like like you said, Susan Bones, her mom is what? In in the she's in the ministry or something? Her aunt. Her aunt like, is um the head of the oars. There you go. It's like and she can't like step in? Nope. Her aunt is her legal guardian because her parents are dead. I wonder by who. At this point, I'm gonna go with dummy dykes. <laughs> by sheer neglect. But like, I feel like Dumbledore is just grasping at straws. He's just desperate at this point. Because who honestly would take a position when you've had the previous 50 people who've had this position didn't last a year? Like, that's what I'm saying. We had Lupin. Lupin was great. He loved the position. The the students loved him. But like all the parents had a big concern after finding out that, you know, a werewolf was going to be teaching their kids like, he was teaching your kids for all of nine months. To be months fair, and to their kids. he right. left before You're the fine. letters started coming in. He just assumed that, like, hey, yeah. people weren't gonna like him. But he like, they right. never actually say that people sent in letters about that. It's just like, and also, um, who told people that he was a werewolf? Like, who told people? I'm pretty sure Lucy I mean, found out somehow. Right. Chief Karen. probably Chief Karen. but like he, like i don't know if he would have known that like beforehand but i feel like because they have to be a part of a registry and like a record record themselves with the ministry that they're werewolves so it's probably just common knowledge that he's a werewolf so you'd like to think people just going in knew hey he's a werewolf so but that would require again common sense again yeah dumbledore helped keep it a secret during lupin's school years like hey i built you a it's house like hey you can have this place Off called the property. Shrieking Shack. <laughs> it's just like, here you go. Oh, 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 and I'm going to put a giant fucking tree that, murder tree. Anything that comes near just it. Like, but it won't really matter because uh, your best friend, uh, Sirius, will just try to murder one of your classmates. But uh, 
uh, later with using you as a murder weapon. So have fun. It's a joy. <laughs> Dumpley Dyke is just at the heart of every single Everything problem. goes back to him and his poor decision making like, skills. It's not a surprise. This man it right. was a uh, pure blood supremacist for a while. So like it's just kind of like okay. Yep. Um, so he didn't really like become a good guy. He just became a well. This isn't what's benefiting me best kind of a person, and that's what he always is. He's a what benefits me best. And also the uh, I can fix yeah. it all attitude. It's like clearly you can't because you have spent the past how many years cleaning up your own messes that you just Pretty wouldn't much. accept. And like anything that he didn't. Mm-hmm clean up don't worry a bunch of people after you after he died had to clean it up so but hey you know like it, it at least with grindelwald grindelwald has enough intelligence to be dangerous because he applies it his intelligence and his schemes at a basic common sense level he talks to people on like a realistic level like he got um queenie to join his side by talking to her at a realistic like base level And he got, like, a bunch of his followers to follow him by just presenting genuine, like, realistic facts to them, but twisting it in a way that made them want to follow him. And, like, that's far more dangerous than Dumbledore's manipulations, because Dumbledore, with his manipulations, has to keep, like, pulling little strings all the time to get people to do what he wants. Grindelwald's people just followed him because they genuinely agreed with the shit that came out of his face. And it's just, like... There's nothing more dangerous than getting people to believe you of their own volition, especially when you're presenting them with facts. Even if they're twisted, like, in a way that, like, makes it, like, fit better with what you want, if you're presenting them with facts, they're not going to find factual, contradictory information. And that's way more dangerous than anything Dumbledore does. You want to know what's funny? You said said the name Queenie for Grindelwald, and my mind went in a different direction and imagined a different Queenie. And I was like, when did those two meet? Because my mind went to American Horror Story Coven. I'm like, Queenie. That's the that's the name of the sister, like, right? From, uh, yeah. I can't remember yeah. the other chick's yes, name, but I'm yes, like, I'm yes. pretty sure the, the one that joins him is Queenie. <laughs> Tina. Tina. Yeah, Tina. Tina. Yeah, I forget because she wasn't in the second one. I no, hate those completely movies. agree with Sorry. you because so the American <clears throat> Wizarding World is Jack. And it is honestly one of the worst made, like, lores and worlds in any fantasy novel that I've ever read. But also, just between J.K. Rowling and uh, John, the shit they did to Johnny Depp, not really interested in watching any of them. So, Bingo. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. not uh, No offense to um, the other actors who play in the movie, because it's not their fault. But, oh, uh, yeah, no. No, no problems no. with them. I just, I've had an issue with the American Wizarding World for a very long time, because the only representation in it is British. <laughs> And there's, if they had just turned, like if they had just made like a series of like following yeah. Newt Scamander around, finding different animals, like creatures, I would have probably liked that a hundred percent more. Because mm-hmm. like instead of the whole thing with and Grindelwald, yeah, like Credence the American the Wizarding World very much comes across as a British person who wrote it on their assumptions of what America is like, based on never actually having read or been to the United States. Like it, it comes across solely yeah. as a colonizer like situation, 
Like, it doesn't reference Native American <laughs> almost anything, despite the fact that they were here, like, long before the descendant of Salazar Slytherin made their way over here. And, like, it doesn't actually relate to anything about the United States. There's only one. According to J.K. Rowling, though, there's only, like, five or seven wizarding schools in the entire world, which just doesn't make any fucking sense. Because the, wizard, the population statistics do not equate for that. Also, every country should have at least one school of its own, because each country has its own culture. And its own system of magic. <laughs> right. And, but no, it's. Also, how are you, like, if you have, like, one for, like, if you have one school for, like, Eastern Europe, like, so many countries speak different Especially languages. Especially in Europe. Like, that. Jesus. Well, and then, and then, like, Bobatons and whatever the other one is. Durmstrang. Durmstrang. Those are gender specific. So, yeah. where do the little are French only gender specific go? in the movies. Mm-hmm. Those are, are gender inclusive in the books. Oh, okay. Um, because at some point they do prove that by saying the Bobatons yeah. boy at one point. So, um, no, it was just the uh, movies that decided yeah. to be super fucking sexist and make Bobatons the pretty nice little French school, all girls, and the hardcore, like, drumstring school, all boys. So you can thank the director for being a sexist. So, uh, yeah. Excellent. Because that always bothered me. I'm like, well, it seems like we're not serving a very large yeah. part of the population here. Yes. But thank but, you for clearing like, that up. Well, look at the Japanese wizarding school and the way they talk about it is that the Japanese uh, like students over there have wands, but they mostly choose not to use them because they have other like uh, mediums for magic. And I'm just like, okay, um, what are those? And how does that work? And are you going to incorporate any of the law for Japan, a lore for Japan in it? No, none of that. Great. That. I remember you asking me a question like that a while ago, or like, if you know, if magic was real, and like I trace my roots back to like mm-hmm. a, you know old Armenian mm-hmm. magical family. She said, like, you know, what kind of magical qualities? Like, how would I? How would we be using Tea. magic? And I'm like, I'm yeah. pretty sure it would be a lot of herbs. Like we we'd be like cottage witches, mm-hmm. herbs, tea coffee like all that yeah. stuff lots mm-hmm. of gardens lots of plants and lots like they mm-hmm. every culture would have something different because like i can see the british like using wands and things like that and you can pr- like for I, I feel like for us it would be more like the grisha just like all this yeah, energy that we like i can't see most use. cultures even european cultures using wands like it's a it's it's not a a fully european thing to use a wand like that wouldn't make any sense like i imagine like some of the asian cultures would use like different types of like talismans and things like that but so with the native american cultures they would probably mm-hmm. make them out of wood and stuff like that or like pieces of like animals and stuff like that yeah. totems and whatnot like, yeah. yeah but the way yeah, jk Rowling makes the wizarding world like Tobacco the way jk yeah. Rowling makes the wizarding world yeah. is from an extremely british perspective in the way that, like, well, the American Wizarding World does not have Native American shit in it. Like, the only Native American stuff that they put in, she puts into any of it are, like, the animals for the houses. And, like, that's it. Like, there's the Thunderbird and all that. And Yeah. But even that doesn't go into any detail. Yeah. Like, she doesn't use any... And they show them in, like, the desert, and it's, like, the Thunderbird is yeah. Pacific and, like, Northwest. they don't <laughs> add any of that in there. There's none of that lore in it. And Mm-mm. it's really frustrating because it's just kind of, like, like not only are you dismissing, oh, yeah. like, the entirety of, like, a lore of people 
who were here long before these colonizers mm. were here, but you're also just ignoring the actual current existing culture in the United States of a country that is so many times bigger than than Britain and how many different schools there are and how many different like <laughs> sub areas in the United States that there are that would require their own wizarding school. Like you would have to have a wizarding school the size mm -hmm. of like the largest college campus in the United States to fit statistically how many wizards there would be. And like mm -hmm. that would just wouldn't make it you couldn't physically hide that from <laughs> like no matter how good your charms mm -hmm. are, you couldn't physically hide that. But at the same time, why would you want to equate the entirety of the culture of the United States into one wizarding school? You also based it a lot of the wizarding culture in the United States around the Salem witch trials. No state, no, yeah, with no people in the United States were burned at the stake for being witches. You want to know something Correct. fun? Me, not funny, but like <laughs> more like the <laughs> this is more about just roasting J.K. Rowling. So in in the second book, I took a picture of this. When they're confronting yeah. Lockhart for running away, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, he's like, you mean you're running away after all the stuff that you did in your books? And he's like, books can be misleading. You wrote them. Here we go. My dear boy, said Lockhart, straightening up and frowning at Harry. Do you use your common sense? My books wouldn't have sold half as well if people think that I'd done all those things. No one wants to read about some ugly old Armenian warlock, even if he did save a village from werewolves. That is the only time... It is the only time right there. Armenian right people are there. in any of J.K. Rowling's books, and it's an insult. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we know she's He looked not. dreadful on the front cover, no dress sense at all. And the witch who banished the band abandoned banshees had a hairy chin. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The more you look into J.K. Rowling and what she wrote and what she put in there, the more her racism comes out. And the more of her genuine prejudice really just comes mm -hmm. out. And it's one of the things that just, and it becomes more apparent the more into other cultures that she devils. And so I think it's one of the reasons, like, she did stuff with the American Wizarding World, but she's never said anything else about the other ones. Not really. I think it's because people are like, yeah, this is super fucking wrong, but since she won't read a book and, like, actually ask any questions, she's just not willing to go any further with them. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, like, Personally, I don't want to read about her, like, Japanese wizarding world. I don't really want to read about her American wizarding world. It was such no. an extreme disappointment to find out that she did, just didn't read anything, research anything, care enough to, like, look into anything. And she, when she created the American wizarding world, and the American wizarding world would have been the easiest offshoot to do. And it's just like, but no, you just... And she picked a very yeah. specific time period in which to set those... I mean, it's like... There's a lot that you can go and grab about that yeah. time period and in like, the U.S. She really Just plays into like anything. the witch trial part of it too, for like the reasons like the statue of secrecies and everything are so strict in the United States, which I understand because you could play into the fact that like the Salem witch trials were a lot more dangerous, like with actual witches and wizards, except for the fact that no, no people in the United States were burned at the stake. Like that just didn't happen, and. Yeah, like, they, I mean, crush. like, some people were killed, but nobody was actually burned at the stake. The thing... Well, yeah. No, or they, they were tied rocks to the them and that, threw them in the so, river, and so. if you survived, you were a witch, mm -hmm. but if you died, they knew you weren't. One right. way or another, you're gonna be dead. So, like, that was, like, the common... Yeah, like, that was you're the common like, way to thanks. do that. 
But again, she would have had to have read even the most basic piece of information to know that. But she didn't. Now, granted, in Europe and stuff like that, I mean, like the witch trials were a lot different and a lot more violent and there was burning at the stake and stuff like that. But she bases it mm-hmm. off of Salem, Massachusetts. And it's just so wrong and not true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or so reductive, you know? Like, I mean, like, there's yeah. there's hints of reality. Just reduced to what she probably no. found in a five-minute Google search. So. Of course. And then, like, I mean, even, even the Salem witch trials, like, they were probably still using, like, the Malleus Maleficarum mm-hmm. as a way to judge witches. And, which, I mean, obviously their English ancestors would have had, but it's the, it's the yeah. same text. Yeah. It's just like... So it's yeah. still an English and that's perspective. What, yeah, <laughs> even and that's then, what it was still Rowling an English perspective. The table, a an English perspective with an absolute refusal to bring any other perspectives to the table. And the more time goes by, the more the more obvious it becomes the lack of inclusivity in any of her stories. And the like other races besides white that are in the books are not represented well. And neither are any of the cultures that are also represented in the books. None of them are represented well. It's just a very British, white-dominated series. And it doesn't expand into mm-hmm. anything else besides that one, like, centric view of hers. And when you're reading it mm-hmm. as a kid, it might not register as well like that, that way, because you're just kind of taking it, like, as it is. But trying to identify with it when you're not of this point of view would be difficult and it would make it really hard to like really enjoy the books when you can't identify with anything about it i think it's one of the reasons people probably tried to identify so much and so hard with the hogwarts houses it's like well anybody could technically be a slytherin Mm -hmm. or anybody could be a gryffindor and all that so like it didn't yeah based on your personality not like anything else except for the fact that (laughs) jk rowling doesn't um doesn't really care so yeah no <laughs> doesn't so. give a shit it's my fantasy it's just like no. yeah well it's it's obvious not only your generation but your origins just in general so very very yeah. old school <laughs> british point of view joe you're uh like, you're hey, british um showing. you know this <laughs> Yeah, it's just like the worst of your, you know that uh, fact that the British went and colonized a great deal of the known world and then wouldn't give any of them independence. They, most of them had to fight you for it. You're showing that, <laughs> like, you're you're showing that. <laughs> we we see where it's it just came like, from. But hey, and in all honesty, the more you look at Hogwarts, the more just like an American school it reminds me of, though dangerous to the students not really conductive to learning um <laughs> unqualified teachers you know just just general things like that it's like the absolute mm-hmm. neglect is just all right yeah it, it, it is. it's abundant we are going to note. wrap up the chamber of secrets yeah we're putting that door back on that basket <laughs> and, and next hell out <laughs> closing and that the next time we're all going to prison there. so hey <laughs> yep we're all going oh. to prison next for someone who's so invested in the welfare of this one elf why is harry like why does he give hermione so much shit for her spew campaign honestly like as as a person i'm 
horrified at the entirety of house elves and everything about them because holy shit the basic book explanation of them is not good and i don't understand how jk rowling didn't look at this and be like hmm maybe i shouldn't put slavery in my <laughs> book but then again she is british and what are the british known for other slavery. than conquering and enslaving a bunch of other people so at the very least she was staying true to her british heritage like, technically, she's Scottish, and the Scots hate the English, but still. Is she Scottish? Really? She's Scottish. <laughs> I do like talk. the fan theory about, um, like, why house elves exist, like, in servitude, and then it's the fact that their magic is sustained, uh, like, is naturally, like, very unstable. Mm. So they tie themselves to a magical household, which stabilizes their magic. And allows them to use their magic as, as they I wonder, will. I wonder if I had read somewhere that it was like, like they have just so much, they have like the opposite. Like they have such a natural well of energy, like magic and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, it, like whenever everything was written down. Huh? Like whenever everything was like written down after the wars and whatnot that they put the, the elves into slavery. So they're just like to keep them in check kind of thing. So they don't like overrule and like, take over. Well, that which is really in line with the British who control and enslave everyone. So. Right? But, uh, yeah, no, point to Aaron. Lucy's Malfoy really just started to say about a cadavra. Why <laughs> <laughs> Harry is going to murder this child right in the middle of this hallway? Though I did Over see a, a lackluster servant. <laughs> I did see an interview where, um, like, he was supposed to say a spell, but they didn't give him what spell to say, and they're just like, say a spell. And so he asked somebody, well, what's a what's a spell? And they gave him a vodka Kedavra, <laughs> so that's why he said it. No idea what I'm doing. Killing curse. Now, yeah. how did they administer the mandrake to the dead person? Yes. I don't know. I'm assuming, like, my thought was always, it's a paste that they slap in your face. <laughs> but he's still incorporeal. Just kind of spritz him. Yeah, turn it into a mist. Just go spritz. Of course, he might have just recovered on his own. Just Maybe. because of the fact that he's already a ghost. Unless you can find a ghost mandrake. You never know. Interesting proposition. Just go ask all the other ghosts. Out there. Hey, how do we bring him back? Yeah. Do a little dance. Oh, come on, guys. <laughs> Hi. You fight good. <laughs> I like how she's just really excited to be back and not like, hey, I lost like six plus months of my life being petrified. Um, I need therapy now and I have to redo the entirety of the second year curriculum. Oh, she had so much extra credit. She's fine. I'm but you know she wouldn't cut. settle for that. She'd be like, I True. need to have like summer classes. I'm also surprised that she didn't, like, her first thought when waking up was, like, how much homework do I have? Yeah. (laughs) Also, just look at the absolute junk in which the food is that is at these tables. Like, sitting right in front of McGonagall is a giant plate of french fries. Just, like, a massive bowl of french fries. Maybe that was her special request. She's like, I earned this after all this fucking semester. (laughs) All finals are canceled, Hermione. No! I want to know about this witch here next to Snape. I want to know about her. I don't know who yeah. that is. Her fancy hat. Like, it's not Trelawney. 
Though I guess she would have been teaching at the school at that time. Yeah, Trelawney had been there for like... she lived there, right? Yeah, Trelawney lived there. She's been there since she made the, um... Since not too long after she made the prophecy about Harry. Yeah, that (laughs) Dumbledore's like, I need you under my roof. But there's a couple of, like, wizards up there that I don't recognize. Look at that just giant bowl of peas. Like, it's a (laughs) bowl of just, like unflavored un like seasoned just peas <laughs> just like great Corn, that's what every peas, kid wants french fries chicken wings yeah, i guess are those mushrooms not, maybe wouldn't surprise it, me roasted chicken as opposed to like fried like it doesn't none of it looks like it has any seasoning on it whatsoever yep just a big bowl of peas yep. and really just the worst looking chicken wings like possible Now everyone's having a blast. His fucking face of this Justin kid. <laughs> he's telling you, he looks like he's 14 and 40 at once. Hagrid's like, uh, okay. Well, it's about time people were nice to Hagrid. And then they turn around next semester and are just awful. Yeah, it's like, I don't want to take this class. Mm-hmm. And, like, they just kind of exonerated uh Hagrid in a way of like what happened with uh Aragog. So yeah. why doesn't he have his wand back? I don't know. I really would like to know why they never reinstated his wand. Seriously, who are all these other wizards at the table? <laughs> who were all of these professors? What classes do you teach? Like there is we you know Trelawney does divination. There's runes Astronomy, alchemy. Astronomy, alchemy. alchemy. history of magic. History. Oh, God. That was, like, that was a ghost. A very boring ghost. Talking about, like, the Baroque, like, you know, the Baroque era goblin wars. And he just, like, everyone's like, I don't. Yeah. But in, like, that on. monotone. Yeah. Yeah. Ben's, Professor Ben's. He just goes but- on and on about just one specific time of the goblin wars, and that's it. <laughs> but he died. Well, we have made it through the Chamber of Secrets. In and, one go, I'm surprised. And in one go. Anyway, last thoughts, concluding the Chamber of Secrets. Ugh. Weird Common sense up. should be a class at Hogwarts. <laughs> it should be a requirement for any for staff. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, you can't teach it if you don't have it. So, even if you don't know it. I'm saying so. it should be a requirement for, for, for hiring staff. Like, you should, it should be like a certificate of common sense. Attached to your resume. <laughs> there is no accreditation progress process for Hogwarts professors. Well, like, look at, like, with the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, Voldemort cursed this position back when he was just out of Hogwarts, which means mm-hmm. it's been, like, 50 years, which means they've had 50 Defense Against the Dark Arts teachers. So, at this point, Dumbledore's probably just, like, if we can get anybody okay. to stay, we're going to go with it. You don't need any, like, reasons <laughs> or qualifications. Because every one of them, at the end, like, towards the end of the year, has something bad happen to them. And it's just, like, who, after, like, the first, like, two or three years, who would want that? Like, nobody would want that position anymore. So every Sweet. everybody can look forward awesome. to um, Horror Stories episode coming up after this. And <laughs> I will promise you i will bring the worst and the best stories possible i don't want to tell everyone this is the last one but like if it ends up being our last one for now it's okay it's a high note with all of misty's yeah i will the nice at some point people (laughs) so best worst like (laughs) so tune in (laughs) and this is 
Yes, tune in to hear about how we have a, so, a night. This is involved. why we like to have guests for this kind of episode because, like, whoo! I love telling <laughs> these stories to people. I love the horrified looks on people's faces. All right, guys, we will catch you next time. And uh, thank you, Aaron, for joining us for some Harry Potter. Thank you for having me. And uh, we will catch you all uh, next week. So stick around and enjoy. Next week. Bye. Bye, y'all. Bye. Tune in next week for more fuckery because we have some serious questions and concerns. I wish I had a a forked tongue just for that. Only for that purpose. Just for for that that purpose. purpose. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. (laughs) All right. I am going to end this recording so that this is separate and I can add and deal stuff with it later. Um, But also so that I can listen to it and see if there's anything wrong.